All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. people of the internet it's time for on comics rounds.com flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are back once again once again to talk about all that good nerdy news and occasionally some good comic books when it comes to different arcs and stuff like that we have to cover um we had an interesting debacle happen where we were going to uh, like cover one of our favorite comic book runs of all time and uh, it was gonna be it was a Marvel run, and we were excited about covering more Marvel content. And then DC just decided to go, you know what? Don't do that. We got some other shit for you to talk about this week. So we are we had to drastically change our entire plan for this week. Uh, don't forget that you can follow this podcast on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Ironically enough, we we have our uh, social media assistant here with us this evening. We will introduce him in a second. Um, you can follow the. Uh, freaking on comics ground on twitter and instagram at on comics ground and you can check out the website on dash comics dash ground on the website whenever you want uh dot com where you can check out all of our reviews previews listations all that good shit all right my name is james portis to my left we have the woman who like myself need to, needed to grab a drink to talk about all this craziness we and uh, is going to going to enjoy this not a uh, crazy ride along with me, and apparently is sipping for Wonder Woman Immortal. Uh, we have Mary. How you doing this evening? You are never going to let me live that down, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I am simping for Diana for Milf Diana, but what? To give you the benefit of the doubt, I even call her Milf Diana. You know what? I did that. I was like, so you're sipping for for Wonder Woman Immortal. I was being nice. No, Diana with that gray streak. No, I'm I'm like a half a whiskey in, so. Oh, this I, is gonna I, be good. We got some whiskey. I made a hot apple cider with some whiskey in it. I'm like halfway Ooh. through it, so. It's your really hip, cool teacher, you know, high school teacher, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> to my left, we have Mr. Afro Baggins himself, who literally shit his pants when I sent him all of this information after he woke up from his work nap. We have Travis Tucker. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. But I'm also like, man, <laughs> DC's fan base 
isn't diverse enough for this. <laughs> You're not wrong. That was the, that's the best way to put that. That was that, that you just capped off the whole episode before we even talked about it. <laughs> um, their distributor service shit ain't big enough to cover this. That's for sure. Ain't that the damn <laughs> truth? And, and then we have our social media assistant who is joining us this evening to ha- talk about all this because he 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 like us is is a little concerned. We have Mr. Ian Cameron. How you doing today, man? I'm not bad. I'm just perplexed. Very, 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 very perplexed. All right. So, what are we talking about, ladies and gentlemen? Well, DC Comics on Tuesday decided to finally reveal what had become of Dan DiDio's plans for um, his five, his fifth generation, his 5G of what was going to be the next generation of comic books for the current generation of readers. And we, we heard about this last year, last year, where he set up a timeline of all these different books. He was like, yo, that was the first generation. This was the, the second generation. This is the third and the fourth. Wonder Woman was the first ever superhero. We are nailing that in the coffin now that Wonder Woman was the first. We are rewriting history and saying that Wonder Woman was the first. And we are saying courtesy that now, of, uh, now... Courtesy of Wonder Woman 750. Yes. Right. And uh, that was one of the few things that has stayed. And then later, later, all of this year of 2020 was supposed to be uh, his 5G, his rebranding, his reboot, his relaunch that was going to be the new face of DC Comics. But then it turned into a holding period, not only because of COVID-19, but because of the D- Danny Dio leaving a DC Comics, whether he was fired, whether he, he left on his own, we'll never freaking know. But he finally took the steps to leave and it was just kind of on hold, and we were talking about it during DC Fandom, where Jim Lee was putting on that brave face and acting like nothing was wrong. And on top of uh, Dio leaving and a lot of people being fired, we were really freaking concerned. So it turned into a waiting period. And then we about a, about a week or two ago, we got a poster that said Future State. And we were like, what is this? Is this the resurrected 5G? Is this what is left? What, what was reworked? What is still there? We don't know. And then finally, on Tuesday, we got the reveal of what Future State is going to be. We found out on during DC Fandom that John Ridley was still going to be writing um, the possible Black Batman story that takes place in the future. It was going to be during January and February. But now that we have found out that the 5G, the Future State, whatever the hell you want to call it, is only going to be a two-month event, and that trash. Con- <laughs> oh, that, no. Yeah, that concerns me for a, a, a many reasons. Uh, because as you look at the images, as you look at the big splash page, you see this like pile of diversity that DC fans have been asking for for years and years, and then it's like, yo, you get that for two months, and. The first thought we had was, is this Convergence? <laughs> that was... Is, damn, that was it, shade. It, it, like, that was the first thought, is. where it's like, they have to rewrite all their plans for the future of DC, so here's this, like, this future story to shut y'all up for two months. And the the headlines from everybody 
was saying things like, yo, we got a black Batman. Jackson Hyde Calderon is going to be Aquaman. We have a uh, South American Wonder Woman. We have, like, Jonathan Kent taking over as Superman. All this dope shit. And then it's like, yo, you get that for two months. And then it's gone. And I'm... So, before we go into, like, each book and figure out how each is going to be unraveled. We have the specific solicitations for each book. Mary, you are the the, the high council of comic book knowledge when it comes to these type of things. And you woke up to this after me, Ian, and a couple of people from, from, from the team had talked about this. What was your first reaction to all of this? Um... It's a throw at everything at the wall and see what sticks move. Because yeah. we have two new co-EICs that um, I use this analogy. I've used this analogy almost exclusively for Mark Andreco and his Batman and his uh, Batwoman run. But um, Javins and Wells were sent into a burning building equipped with nothing but matches and lighter fluid. And then told to put out the fire. All they've got is matches and lighter fluid. Oh. And after... Um, Didio and Harris and, you know, a bunch of, of the editorial department was let go in the Warner Brothers layoffs. They have a reduced staff and they have to clean up the last 10 to 15 years of the boys club mess at DC. So my big thing is, is that first of all, this is a throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. They're going to do this. Uh, they're going to see what sold and how well certain things did, because they're going to look at sales and they're going to look at reviews. And then we're probably going to see another shift from there because this is buying them time. And if some of these characters sell really, really well, I bet you money, we're going to see them again. So I can't necessarily, taking the out of continuity factor, like the real world factors into it, I'm not upset that it's a two-month gig because I bet you money right now that we'll see it again. I think they're just trying to buy themselves some time because reduced staff and they have to clean up this entire mess. And it's just the two of them. Well, obviously there's more, but the two of them have to try and figure this all out. There's probably also some other pop culture osmosis that might kick in too. Like, I mean considering like how successful the Harley Quinn animated series was, and in particular some of the other characters like King Shark, Clayface, and uh, Ivy in that story, in that uh, series, mm-hmm. or even just potentially how much as Mary and I, or, you know, might be nervous about this, you know, how the new Batwoman might be, uh, like how people might respond to the new Batwoman, or even the second brother on uh, the Superman and Lois show. I could see them wanting to try and add those characters in potentially in a follow-up to this down the line. There's also just the fact that like multiple different titles that D- of DC's biggest titles um, have wrapped up or are about to have their runs conclude. Um, Joshua Williamson ended his 100 plus issue long run on The Flash just last mm-hmm. month. We have um, Batgirl ending with issue 50 in a couple of weeks. We have Hawkman ending. We have um, uh brain fail here uh we've got justice league has been in a weird state of limbo basically and inconsistency ever since uh tynan and uh snyder basically decided you know had their run end with issue 39 
several mm-hmm. months prior to when it really should have when Dark Knight's Metal started. Um, we have Teen Titans ending. Young Justice was canceled. Aqua, uh, the current Aquaman run is ending. Um, like basically, most of DC's main publishing line is wrapping up. Even the Green Lantern uh, season two is ending shortly. That's another twelve issue run. And as far as I know, they're not doing a third season, quote unquote, of that. Yeah. So basically, and... most of DC's and sorry, basically okay. most of DC's uh, entire line is going to be in a state of oh, and even Bendis's Action Comics and Superman runs are now ending in December. So ninety nine percent of DC's biggest titles, oh, we're we have no clue what the hell. Yeah, like we have no, we're gonna no see clue it. what we're the gonna... hell. Sorry. Okay. Just like prior to this, we had no clue what the hell was going to happen to any of them after that. So whether or not how much of future state is pulled forward to those other books or not is up in the air. But I imagine that even just to have all those titles, at least have new creators for at least a couple of months beyond just to fill in the fill in runs they've been doing with some of them. I imagine this stuff buys them a bit of time to do that in the same way that convergence did when they were relocating their offices from New York to, um, uh, Burbank. To uh, Burbank, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Mary. Oh, we're going to yeah, see. Go I, I'm going to bet money again that we're going to see a title cut. Because AT&T, yeah. mm-hmm. AT&T is not interested in comic books. They want an IP farm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I bet you yeah. money that... Because something that struck that stuck out to me was just how limited in scope Future State actually is. That yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's not very big at all. So that leads me to believe that they're testing the waters a bit. I'm sure that there's some fancy-ass corporate directive that they've got, but I think we're going to see a title cut down to a minimum number of titles. We're going to see an expansion of the uh, graphic novels. Um, Zoom and Ink aren't really a thing anymore, but I keep referring to them as such. We're going to see more of those because those numbers have been very, very good. Wasn't one or both of uh, uh, Wells and Jevon, or Wells or Jevon, wasn't one of them in charge of that or mm-hmm. overseeing that? I believe so. I think it was Michelle yeah. Wells. Yeah, so I mean, like, so, I can certainly see more of similar stuff coming back just because of the fact that she's in the position to do more of that. Mm-hmm. The thing that I see is that all, like, a lot of these are just wrapped into oversized comics. Like, the label on the DC pre- mm-hmm. press release said, oversized comics, colon, this book is going to have these stories. This book's going to have this, these stories. And it feels like we're going to see a big shift. Like Mary, we were talking about when the deal left was and like, not like, and you're correct, an IP farm, but also a collective version where you get a few books here for a few months. And then we, we, we change them out. And we were just talking about this shit. I think. Um, my... My... Oh. Go ahead. Mary, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think um, my kind of balls to the wall projection here um, is that we might, this is something that I've just been thinking about. I'm thinking we might see a page count increase that instead of like the 20 to 22, I think they might bump it up a little bit and then raise cover price to kind of make up for, because slashing the line is going to leave a big hole in the deficit. It's going to leave a big deficit. Because if you go, I'm, these are purely hypothetical numbers, but if you go from like 30 titles to 15, that's, you know, 15 titles of money that you're not going to have. So they have to make up that money somewhere. Try and have so, some of them be like by, by you know, bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see an interesting look 
an interesting change in how it's distributed. I think we might see more of an expanse with digital. Milestone is clearly an ex- uh, the release of Milestone back issues on Comixology. That is clearly an experimental move yeah. to see just how well digital is going to do. So, and, and from from what I'm seeing right here, from what I'm seeing right here, they're not even really fucking committed to future state because. I'm looking at the solicitations for Future State, and they have their ongoings releasing side by side with Future yep. State. They're not, they're not committed to this at all. Like, and if they were, they would take Tom King off of everything Batman fucking related. But we're still getting Tom King, Batman, Catwoman, and this. He's also doing I... uh, one of the stories for the uh, Batman anthology. They're starting in December, the yep. January. Uh, because because like, it, like, there was actually these future state books but also dc january solicitations because you have snyder returning to um american vampire you have um the other batman history, black the, and white is the other tom king book you, mm-hmm. know, you have um the batman animated adventures continuing you have white knight still continuing freaking tom king's going. the other history of the dc universe uh, having its second issue come out Yep, you got freaking um, Tom Taylor's uh, like zombie porn. I mean, DC, Deceased mm-hmm. still going, which I will say, Deceased is an amazing book. But mm-hmm. if they were gonna, if they were gonna relaunch, I'm surprised that Dead Planet and Deceased weren't made into a graphic novel and put out the door. Like, if you were going to put this whole event thing out there, you are really concerning a lot of people. You still have freaking Joker slash Harley, Criminal Sanity. Um, all these random Tom books King like... writing fucking Rorschach for whatever <laughs> reason they decided that was good. Well, oh, you like... also have to you also have to look at contractual obligations too, because mm-hmm. contracts yeah, were in place yeah. before Didio was mm-hmm. fired. Yeah, I mean that's why they heck they that's why they're still publishing uh, the Batman's Grave. I'm sure. Yep, and oh, you still God, have you still have like. <laughs> There's like and like fuck. I forgot Amethyst was a, even a thing, and apparently that's just being shoved out the door in a in a, in a one volume trade. Like, oh no, they, well, that was no just a, that was limited series. No, it was it was limited series at the gate. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, it was just so. A then, not to mention, you have DC Vertigo being relegated to black label and only well, black Vertigo's label. Been dead for ages, so like that's depressing in its own damn right. Right. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that DC's multiverse has always sold very well because people mm-hmm. like the escape from the continuity. You can make a full universe of zombies or whatever the fuck you want to do. And the thing is, is that these books have Marketing. been selling. These books have been selling really well. Deceased is selling fantastically in trade, but here's the problem: graphic novels are irritating. Retailers hate them. Bookstores hate them, and publishers hate them because. You have to do all of the work at one time, and delays are very, very common. Whereas with a single issue release, you can get a fill-in writer, you can get a fill-in artist. With graphic novels, you can't do that. So that that is the big problem with graphic novels, is that you have nothing to release in the meantime, and delays are very common. Because think about any publisher, anytime they solicit an OGN, it takes for fucking ever. Because other shit happens. And I mean, you know, creative teams have lives, too. You can't, you know, sit down and bang out 200 pages in the course of a weekend, you know. Right. But that... Sorry. Even just, like, as an example, just take a look at the uh, space between how long it's been between Wonder Woman Earth 1 Volume 2 and Volume 3. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
that kind of case in point right there is that mm-hmm. you're typically if, if everything comes out on time you're gonna have to wait about a year at minimum a year mm-hmm. to get everything done but with a single issue release you have about six or seven months because it's just being collected then you have to allow for the disparity between people who buy single issues and then people who trade weight mm-hmm. and i am maybe releasing a paperback a little later on yeah yeah and I am just too impatient for trade waiting. Like, I don't know how people... Same. 100%. Yeah. And I just... So, from here, we're, we're faced with a situation where there, it's a waiting game. We don't know if these books are going to either, like, catch on and and they'll continue. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to be like, cool, that was some Future's End type shit. Where, like, we're not going mm-hmm. to revisit that. But, like, you might see some of those characters later on. And that's concerning. Mm-hmm. Because you have some really good concepts here where you're taking the Young Justice idea of Calderon Jackson Hyde being Aquaman and then putting uh, Arthur and Mara's daughter as Aquawoman later on. You have the idea of a South American Wonder Woman, you, like, but then still having Diana in the background doing legacy type shit. You have um, Jonathan becoming Superman and then there's some weird stuff going on with Clark, but... Like, like on freaking war world which i think that's just stupid but we'll we'll get to that in a second and then there's like oh luke fox is gonna be batman but bruce is still doing some underground shit and it's just like what bullshit and it's like, honestly yeah. like it's hard to put faith in something that the publisher themselves isn't even putting faith in right the other thing i think i think part of the the other confusion with this as well is the fact that like and this wasn't even really made like clear for even me when i was first reading the uh, first reading up about this um, and like the, the the you know Jevons and Walls and others have already had to, and like the other editors have kind of like had to mention this. I noticed to people a couple times on Twitter is the fact that uh, not all these books take place at exactly the same time. Like there like there are multiple jumps between different eras. I mean, as um, James mentioned, we have the Aquaman Future State book with Jackson as Aquaman, and then you have uh, Andy as his sidekick in that, and then you also then you have the Future State Justice League, where she's Aqua Woman in that book. Yep. So clearly, there's and like and there's new titles that, um, there. Teen Titans, like the mm. Future State Teen Titans, is going to take place at the fallout of some weird shit that happens, mm. and then Shazam is going to be the mm. follow up to that. So it's yep. very strange to see what is happening where it's not even a coherent timeline. They're like jumping mm. around like this fucking flashpoint, and we're not ever going to see this shit again. Yeah, not I don't, to mention I don't... stuff like sorry. I don't think that's true. I think we will see it again because uh, Javins and Wells have very progressive resumes because I did, I did a bunch of deep dives into just figuring out what I can. And they both have very progressive resumes, but you know, I used to work uh, comic book ordering and retail. So I tend to think like a retailer, they have to try and figure out what is going to sell because Mm -hmm. they have a progressive agenda. And, you know, I think we all agree that that is a good thing. Yes. Yes. However, you have to have the mainstays a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman, Diana. Diana is not going anywhere anytime soon. I can promise you that because you know the boys' club, at the the old boys' club at DC, for the first time ever, figured out. Oh my God, she can make money. What? Because mm-hmm. around the movie, we started to see a massive push of Wonder Woman material, and I remember mm-hmm. opening every single box of trades or collectibles or whatever. That for the first time in 75, 80 years, they realized that, holy shit, Wonder Woman makes money. They're not going to take that away anytime soon. And 
she's immortal and it's a little harder mm-hmm. to like get rid of her mm-hmm. the bat bros would revolt if bruce was gone and by bat bros i mean like the the obsessive ones the zombie pullers we, yeah we all know what kind of pullers. I, love that. I love that they're I mean, literally I'm... my polar opposite like i want exactly. bruce to fucking go but they're like no 80 years let's bring him back yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's why Tom King is still, you know, with his stuff, because mm-hmm. he was a darling, but then he shot himself in the foot with the wedding, and then sawed mm-hmm. off the foot with the bullet in it with Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> that, oh, well, he ran forward in time the- and, and snapped his own neck. <laughs> and, like, I, I mean no disrespect to the man himself. He's clearly very mm-hmm. talented, but a fuck-up of that kind of proportion, that how universally panned heroes in crisis was most writers get sidelined for that shit i mean tom king if you give him a character that i'm gonna be blunt here nobody gives a shit about like mr miracle and vision he does very very well very well if you give him a book like batman i think he ended up collapsing under his own weight he's still struggling with with uh see i'm not strange I'm not reading. I haven't um, been reading Strange Adventures. I've heard okay things about it, but I just like looking at Doc Janner's pretty artwork. But I think if you give him a big, I think he's one of those writers that if you give him a big book, it just it collapses Mm -hmm. under the weight of its own faux grandiose. I get, Mm -hmm. but people really liked everything up until the wedding, and they liked. Mm He, he kind of just, you know, waved a stake in front of the faces of the Batman Catwoman people. And so they want that Batman and Catwoman book. So that's going to sell. Motherfuckers got married for that shit. White Knight is selling very well. I mean, all hesitation about Sean Gordon Murphy aside. Um, am I thinking of the right person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Again, whiskey. I, this is whiskey brain. Um, funny thing, I saw it him is. at C2. his table was crowded, and I saw him at C2E2. He's actually a lot shorter than I would have imagined. There's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't picture. I just pictured someone taller. I'm wondering how tall his wife is. Uh, his his wife, they're both. His, his wife wasn't at the his wife wasn't at the table, but yeah, um, I know. I'm just I'm just wondering. I just had a yeah. curiosity. I mean, like, because like just to bring it up, like, yeah, you mentioned. I mean, his stuff is selling well enough that they're willing to give her something to to co-write yeah. or whatever. But, uh, but no, so from here. Uh, obviously, we are concerned. We are concerned that these aren't in one coherent timeline. They're jumping over the fucking place. There's no certainty of the longevity of these characters. And I even I, I was even talking before the show of the fact that a couple a couple of like my fellow African American nerds were excited about this shit on Twitter and Facebook, and everyone's like, "Yay, diversity! Hell yeah!" And then the neckbeards are like, "Boo! It, they're going woke." We hate it. Burn it at the stake. It's just uh like freaking SJW Marvel all over again. Tokenism, and, tokenism, YouTube algorithm bullshit. Yeah, and and I and I just first of all, neckbeards, fuck off. Y'all know what show mm-hmm. this is. We don't care. Second of all, um, BIPOC LGBT folk, women, we we love you. Come here. Let me holler at you for a minute. This shit ain't gonna stay around if you don't buy it. Fucking buy it. Please, and that's all period. It will like, only last more than two months if it's being fucking paid for. Even then, mm-hmm. you can't just buy it. You gotta pre-order it. <laughs> you have to yeah. pre-order mm-hmm. you have to pre-order the print single issues. And that is the worst part. 
I have, I have I have some very dear friends that pre-order shit on Comixology. And one mm. of them came to me in my Twitter DMs and they're like, is this doing anything? And I had to look at her virtually in the face, if you will. I had to look at her in the face and say, no, it's not doing a thing. Admittedly, we don't really know how much digital numbers play into it because Amazon doesn't release those numbers. Yep. Because Amazon. Uh, oh, by the way, Comixology is owned by Amazon. Um, okay. But... The the numbers that the publishers go by are the retailer pre-order numbers. It doesn't matter. Like the publishers don't care if you buy the book. They don't. They care if the shops order it. And once the shop has the book, publishers, certain publishers, Marvel especially, don't really care if you buy it. They just want the the order the uh, pre-order money. And that's why Marvel ton of variant of covers that publishers do. Yeah, and that's why. Sometimes publishers will cancel book and pre-orders because the pre-order sales mm-hmm. aren't high enough. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, Black Panther and the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, cough, 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 cough. Liquid Hell. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, uh, Manhunter. Yeah. Uh, Manhunter miniseries. But... Oh, I'm so angry that that got canceled. But, <laughs> no, I am laughing at I am laughing that Leviathan uh, Checkmate did, though. Right. But... To use words, to use Bendis' own words from his own Ultimate Spider-Man run, Sayonara Sailor. But if if this is an initiative that you want to support, find your local comic book shop, walk in, say, hey, I want to pre-order an insert number of future state books. They'll say, okay, cool. They'll order it, go in and pick it up. Or there are um, online retailers. There's Midtown Comics. There's DCBS. There's I think mycomicshop.com does pre-orders. I'm not sure. But unknowncomics.com, I think they do pre-orders. So there are tons of websites that you can you know choose to pre-order from. And Isn't oftentimes, nice. I, I know uh, Midtown and DCBS, because you know, I used to work at DCBS, mm-hmm. but they offer like 30 to 40% off cover price. So... Mm-hmm. Yep. If this isn't an initiative you want to support, you have to do those things. And also, yeah. Also, assuming you like, uh, you know, and you like and you can swing for it, consider maybe buying the big covers as well, just because that is an added sale for the books. I know yep. it's buying into the variant cover gimmick bullshit, which is ultimately harmful to the industry. But DC just for the does a and initiative. It, DC just usually does A and B covers. Marvel, that's shit about the variants. It's- except for lately. DC has been doing a lot more of the high order. Like those character 1 in 25 ones and whatnot. Or well, those are... DC, the, uh... DC's incentives are pretty standard. It's Marvel's exceeds that are yeah. the problem. Yeah. It's just DC's so, been doing a few I mean, exceeds lately that I've noticed. So we're going to go ahead and dive into um, mm-hmm. these books. And we're going to start okay. from the top where the press release started. We'll dive into each solicitation. I will use mm-hmm. my fancy voice because it's funny. And we will Top dive down through. from the site. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to like start from the press release and then uh, like refer to the solicitation itself for each one, because we're going to okay. start from the Batman ones and then work our way down. Okay. Uh, okay. Me, the first, let me flip over my thing, my thing here real quick. So John Ridley, uh, famous for writing 12, uh, 12 years a slave. Uh, and for writing um, freaking Vertigo slash uh, Wild Storms uh, American Way and American Way of, of Volume 2, which is one of the best comics of all time. And at some point, I'm going to make Marion Travis read it. Uh, it is amazing. And he is writing a... They have not confirmed 
or denied that it is Luke Fox as the Batman in this story. All we, but they have very much hinted at it. It's very like in your face that it's going to be this. So the next Batman number one, it is going to be a tie-in story where you have to be oversized issue that has the next Batman story written by John Ridley with art by Nick uh, Darrington. And then there will also be Outsiders written by Brandon Thomas. Hell fucking yes. Give Brandon Thomas some more love in, in, in the streets because he is amazing. Go read Excellence uh, with art by Sumit Kumar. And an Arkham Knights story written by Paul Jenkins with art by Jackson Herbert. Now, Gotham City has always been dangerous, but now it's downright deadly. Following the tragedy of A-Day, wow, is this the Avengers video game? Uh, the mayor allowed the private law enforcement group known as the Magistrate to take over policing uh, so-called mass crime. And that has given rise to, to a new dark night. What mysterious crime fighters co connection to the former uh, Batman weaponeer Lucius Fox? Uh, the fight for justice has never been dangerous. Then, in an all, a new tale of, of the Outsiders, everything in Gotham City may be under the thumb of the Magistrate, but even members of the totalitarian force know that the outskirts of town are protected by the Sword of Katana. Plus, with the, with the Arkham Knights on their quest for freedom... Arkham Asylum has been decommissioned, and the Magistrate rules the, the land with an iron fist and zero tolerance. Now it's time for the lunatics to take back their town. Follow Croc, Two-Face, Phosphorus, Zaz, Clayface, and Astrid Arkham as the Arkham Knights raise holy hell on the occupiers of Gotham. Um, yes. It's like the only I Batman title I want. <laughs> I, I, I will read anything John Ridley writes on toilet paper, let alone a comic book. So I'm excited for this. Um, same thing with Brandon Thomas. Brandon Thomas, if you don't know, he is the writer of like the Image Comics book Ex Excellence, and he is uh, well known for writing the first volume of Lion Forge's Noble. And I love his work. I will really, literally write, like read anything he writes. So I'm excited, and the idea that he's writing a Katana story, let alone an outsider story, has me pumped. Um, after what freaking Peter DeMossi did with Detective Comics and the Arkham Knight story, and Travis, ah. and, 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 and Travis and I can testify to this, I like the premise here, but I'm a little concerned. Astrid Arkham was honestly like one of the richest new villains to come out of Gotham in some time. It's just, she was just destroyed by the Jason Todd we got in the game. <laughs> like, so, like... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm concerned because we're getting, like, a weird... Like, because I already saw her as, like, negative Batman. So now we're getting, like, negative Justice League. So I am very concerned that we're going to take a really bad turn here. But on the same negative hand... Justice League, negative Justice League is coming up in the solicits. That's a little ways down on the list. You just reminded me. You just, I, why you gotta remind me that? We'll you? talk but about still. it. This one, might be decisive. this one might be decisive, so this will be interesting. But no. See, um, I, I, want, I want Astrid to thrive, and I want her to be a good, colorful, and, and villain of death. You know what I mean? Not just, yeah. Batman's the reason my mom is dead. Because it's like, that's kind of hollow and terrible. I would like her to address some of the stuff that she kind of hinted at in, in Tomasi's run where they talked about, like, oh, I don't want to sound really corny, but they kind of took 
CW Arrow and went, you failed this city, but to Batman. <laughs> and, it, and it made that sense. It was basically CW's Arrow. Right. <laughs> but cooler. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, uh, Mary, do you have any, any, any thoughts on the next Batman? I mean, it's Luke Fox. We all know that. Yeah. Right. I'm alternating between whiskey and M&M's. It's been a long week. But I mean, it's for <laughs> I'm a woman, Travis. I'll always find a way to stuff chocolate into this situation. I mean, how else do you make whiskey taste better? Chocolate. Yeah. Shit. Exactly. That sounds pretty exactly. good. But um, I have always kind of wanted Luke as Batman because I really liked his characterization in the New 52, and I especially liked him in um, Detective, in Rebirth Detective. So I think that's been a lot of fun. And I'm always a little nervous when screenwriters come in to write comic books, you know, with screenwriters and novelists, but that's just kind of, it's a personal hang up because, you know, it's just walking into an industry and not being a hundred percent sure how it works. But obviously John Ridley knows, you know, since he's written comics before that alleviates some of that stress, but Again, I worked in retail, so I'm terrified of delays. They're like the monster that lives under my bed. <laughs> but I think this is an interesting direction. I'm super stoked to see Katana with Outsiders because um, maybe keep Batman away from the Outsiders. Yeah, I like, think that's what I honestly wanted them to do instead of just like, canceling the title. Well, I mean, uh, Brian Edward Hill, he wanted to write Batman. I, yeah. I, I mean, again, projection, conjecture, whatever you want to call it. I think he wanted to write Batman more. Cause and because I Titans wasn't enough. Yeah, well, I actually dropped Batman in the Outsiders for a long time, and mm. then somebody's like, "Hey, Lady Shiva's in this," and I'm like, "God fucking damn it!" So then I had to go back and buy all the Lady Shiva issues. Mm-hmm. But he does a really good job with her character, actually. Oh my god, it was so good. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm excited for Outsiders. I, I kind of like the villain team-up idea, but that's one of the... It's mm-hmm. a gimmick, so we'll mm-hmm. see if the gimmick works out or not. Yeah. So from so from there, uh, Ian, do you have any opinions on, on this entire situation before we move on? I mean, the initial premise is kind of cool. I don't, I'm not the, don't really have any particularly strong or negative feelings towards Luke as a character, although I'm still kind of wondering if they might pull a bait and switch and have it be his very angry brother that they keep hinting at and all the stories they've been putting out lately that are very clearly future state foreshadowing stories to the point where they've not really writing them. Um, but really the only thing that appeals to me with the Bane story there is Nick Darrington drawing it because Nick Darrington draws the ever-loving bejesus out of Batman and is the absolute saving grace of that weird 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 uh batman uh originally walmart giants store uh batman universe uh, miniseries that uh bendis wrote so like that i do like i i i love darrington drawing batman that's absolutely very smart on their part um i will the outsider story definitely sounds kind of fun and again i'm 100 percent in regards to katana i'm very curious to see whom the other outsiders might be whether it'll be something resembling the current roster or whether they'll have like metamorpho in there or grace Choi, or you know or halo or whoever like that i'm kind of curious about a little bit um and then the last story i mean the last story like i'm very 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 uneasy when it comes to villain team-ups because i mean one my all-time one of my all-time favorite comic series is secret six so and i have no idea 
Yeah, I know. One of my all-time favorite comic series is something written by Gail Simone, and in fact, one of her most lauded works. I'm sure it's shocking See, I to people. I didn't think you liked Gail all that much. Yeah, I know. It's, I've been very subtle about it. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like, you, there's, you can get stuff like that, or you can get stuff like uh, Tomasi's Arkham Wars, which is a mostly Batman villain-centric story, which was not great. Um, so, like, I am a little nervous about this. Paul Jenkins, obviously, obviously, you know, very much earned, you know, a lot of praise for his revitalizing of, um, part of the Spider-Man line after the absolute disaster that was the Clone Saga with the neighborhood, or Peter Parker Spider-Man that he wrote. It was one of those, anyway. Yeah, but, like, he, incredibly talented writer, so, like, I feel Oh, Ian cut out. Ian, come back. I thought that was my phone for a second, because it'll do that sometimes on Discord, but I'm glad someone said something. <laughs> Ian's just kind of, like, fully making noise right there, so I guess we'll move on, and hopefully Ian will return. Um, so from there, we had Harley Quinn. Harley is one of the only people that doesn't have a bunch of shit tied to her book. Where it's like hers is just cut and dry. It's one of the few miniseries or one shot books. And it's just a weird story about how um she's being used as a pawn of the magistrate, whoever this fucking magistrate character is. I'm I'm excited to see what that ends up being. Um and now she has to work with the black mask gang and the scarecrow and all this other nonsense. I I'm not really caring about this honestly i think it's it's just gonna be another harley story yeah but, i mean honestly the one harley story i'm looking forward to is harley quinn season three yeah so but i mean yes. it's, I, I would love to see her tell batman he fucks bats more it's fucking yes. great. <laughs> is this where you fuck the bats Travis, do you have any opinions on this Harley Quinn cover or we can move on because like honestly i think it's just gonna be a one shot of harley quinn doing harley quinn shit that's all i think See, I I love Harley Quinn personally, and uh, oh, yeah, I, it pains me to say yeah. that the most growth that she's had in comics lately isn't even in a, in her own book. It's it was in Tynan's Batman recently. That's the most growth I've seen her have in years. Otherwise, they keep making her this loudmouth comic relief. And Sweet. frankly, if it's not the cartoon Margot Robbie or more of what Tynan gave me, I kind of don't give a fuck. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Travis, have asking. you read Have you read Harleen? I have not. You need How to read Harleen. That come out? It, Harleen is very good. Okay, I'm gonna give that a look. I'm gonna open that up right now, actually. <laughs> um, so we can move on from there. Now, the debatable one, the debatable one, is Dark Detective. So. You see the big splash page for Future State, and it's just, like, you see this t-shirt and armor-wearing Bruce Wayne on the cover, and you are you get a little concerned. And it's written by Mariko Tamaki, so I'm not totally, like, against it. But then Grifters t Grifter is tied to him. Not just Grifter, Grifters. No apostrophe, Grifters. And... Hey, Sorry. Oh, there you are, Ian. Hi, welcome back. Yeah, sorry, my, the, uh, for whatever reason, it just the audio on uh, completely cut out of me. I could hear myself, but I couldn't hear anyone else. That's weird. Um, do you have any opinions yeah. on Harley before we move on to the Dark Detective? 
Um, uh, sorry, what 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 book are we on now? Uh, we're on Harley. Like we, I was gonna say, if you want to like rep, like talk about yeah. Harley Quinn at all before we move on, we were kind of just like it's just gonna be another Harley Quinn story. But if you have any opinions, Demio's artwork is gonna be awesome for it. I love his work, and I'm glad he's being given something fun to work on. But uh, better fucking have Harley or have Ivy in it. Fair enough. Have to give him something else so, that I'll get into. So the t- uh, back back to the dark, de- dark detective. Mm-hmm. I'm open to reading this because it's Tamaki, but. I feel as if Tamaki was just handed this and told to do something with it. And, and like, it wasn't something she was hella passionate about because it's a Bruce Wayne going underground story. And the cover has him screaming into the void in the rain, clutching his arm. So I'm, I'm not really enthused. And apparently Matthew Rosenberg's coming over for Marvel to write a grifter story attached to it. And I'm like, because the because the premise is uh, the world thought Bruce Wayne was dead. They were dead wrong. When the sinister uh, paramilitary organization known as the Magistrate seizes control of Gotham City, the original Batman went big to, to put them down. But now even the Dark Knight couldn't uh, pr- uh, pr- predict that how far this evil would uh, go to stop him. Now Bruce Wayne is on the run. Eisner award-winning writer Mariko Tamaki and rising star artist Dan Mora is the story Batman pushed to the brink with nothing left else. How many more fucking stories do we need of Batman being pushed to the brink? We just got done I mean, with Joker War. Like even the narrative, the solicit part reminds me a little bit of um in terms of like. Batman being on the run and whatnot almost kind of feels somewhat like Batman uh, want or Bruce Wayne wanted esque. Yep. So like yep. mixed with like a no man's land kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, like a blend of that those. Was the same time period. And like and then and, and also in this issue, Grifter is back. Cole Cash is having a bad day, and that's not going to improve. But when the detectives of the GCPD oh. show up, will, will a chance meeting with Luke Fox change his luck, or is his bad day about to get a lot worse? Also, who the fuck wrote this? I'm sorry. I just this sounds so cheesy. <laughs> like I often I often want to slap solicitation writers. I just uh, why like, unbeatable like, Squirrel Girl was so good, by the way, because Ryan North right. actually wrote the solicits for it. That's beautiful. So it's just like I like I, as much as I love Mariko Tamaki, I feel like someone just handed Marie, uh, Tamaki a blank check and told her to write this shit because this doesn't feel like something she's passionate about. Like She-Hulk may have dipped off in the end, but I still enjoyed her writing on She-Hulk and like her, her Harley book that was a young adult book was fucking amazing. So I will read Tamaki stuff. But this doesn't feel like Tamaki's heart's in this, if that makes sense. Like, does that, like, am I, am I wrong in saying that? No, I think, and first of all, the cover's hilarious because Bruce is like, oh my god, why did they put me in sleeves? Because um, <laughs> look at it and think about the short sleeves. Bruce is crying because he's wearing short sleeves. Um, <laughs> the conspiratorial side of me is honestly wondering if this is a Batman test run for her that if they might be interested in putting her on a main title at some point. Hmm. Which I don't I don't know if a woman has ever written the central Batman title for an extended period of time. I don't think so, they know. So I mean I'm that is a shift I could see them making in this new uh, like uh, under this new era of DC if you will. But I'm cuz it, it is it is a strange fit. It is a very strange fit, but I'm wondering maybe if it's a test run interesting um i need to check something really quickly i mean it it could do a lot of good for bruce it could bring a dynamic to bruce that he's never had 
that makes any sense. Oh yeah, he's he's always written to be the the five o'clock shadow on the goddamn Batman man's man, you know. Also, as the Bat God most recently, so which this absolutely is not. God. So like, I don't know if y'all really have any opinions on this other than the conspiracy aspect of it. It's like, I I I, if if it wasn't Tamaki, I wouldn't care because yeah. Uh, that's- that's where I'm at too. Is that if it wasn't Tamaki, I don't think I'd be spending money on this. But since it yeah. is Tamaki, and she's consistently delivered solid, very good work, so I'm I'm yeah. willing to give it a shot because I'm probably just gonna walk into the comic book store and go, "Hey, just order the whole slate. Just just order it all." Yeah, same. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, Travis, like, do you, like I I know you don't have like a deep knowledge of Tamaki, but like based on the premise, do you really give a shit? <laughs> Hard no. Hard no. <laughs> I was like, you're the, you're the diehard Batman fan, so I had to get your take on that. I mean, I will say the variant cover by, um, what, 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 like, is, is this the John uh, Paul Leon one? I think so, yeah. Like, it looks kind of edgy, but, like, I don't give a fuck about Bruce being underground. I don't. The way I see it is that oh, so far in my entirety of Batman fandom, only Tom King has made me actually put down the fucking book. So, Ooh. I'll read anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, fair enough. You even struggled your way through All Star Batman and Robin. You did. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. So the next one on the list is Robin Eternal, which is literally just going to be apparently a story about Tim Drake being underground trying to fight against the magistrate and like him and Stephanie trying to hijack a sky convoy and shit. And that sounds like a dope ass premise. But like, I've like I don't know, and apparently it's being written by uh Megan Miss uh, Fitzmartin, who has history writing for Supernatural and for DC Superhero Girls. So yay, she's getting a shot at some big shit. But I, as 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 much of a diehard Tim Drake fan I am, I have to get it out of obligation. But I don't know if I care. <laughs> It honestly feels like a backup story that it's been blown up to a main feature. Also, the fact that it's Stephanie is spoiler in that, despite the fact that we have yeah. the fact that Stephanie is breathing in it. Not what we're gonna say, Mary. <laughs> but I knew that was how you were gonna respond. I will not have uh, Stephanie in this house. Come on, Whatever. Mary! Don't spoil James's fun. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but no, like freaking um, Stephanie, like Ian, Ian's right. The fact is, they're calling her spoiler when we're gonna get to the the uh, like a few solicits down where she and also from the spoilers of Joker War, her and Cassandra both take up the mantle of Batgirl. So I'm finally like, my League of Batgirls yeah. dream from 2014 September is a, is realized. Mostly right. Tiffany Fox is in Batgirl as well, but I will at least take this for now. Yeah. But and then DC from there, nunchucks again. They God have forbid. a. Go ahead. I was gonna say, God forbid, we have a singular Asian bat girl. Oh no, we have to freak out and put a white girl back in. Oh no. Oh. God damn it! Just let Cass be great. <laughs> it, and it fucking worked. And it fucking worked. And that—that that is why I hate Stephanie Brown, is that people couldn't couldn't live with the fact that Batgirl was Asian. So they freaked the fuck out. So they tossed in a white girl. 
and it fucking worked. I will give and, you that. And then on the other side of that, they were like, okay, Cass, you're now uh, Orphan or Kasumi or orphan. the Black, Black Bat, Bat or anything that's not Batgirl. Sorry. And like, mm. I, will give you, I will give you this argument. I will give you the argument that Cassandra was better off as Batgirl. She was an amazing Batgirl. I love her. But at the same time, the best one. Stephanie Hay is unwarranted, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. My Stephanie Hay is completely warranted, because I stood but... in a comic book shop and watched two, like, 30, 40-year-old men talk about how great it was that Batgirl was normal again. Oh, that's disgusting. That's my, that is that's my disgusting. Stephanie hate right there. That people bought into that bullshit. This, okay, viewers, I have had a lot of whiskey tonight. <laughs> no, you good. Gonna you good. We, I, I, I'm going to catch there. hell for this later. I'm going to catch hell for this later. But that that is why I don't like Stephanie. Is because you, that yeah. girl was quote unquote normal again, and it fucking worked. So as long as, as long as Batgirl was white, people were happy. Yeah, that's bullshit. You're valid. But at the same time, and also, I will admit that the backup story for Joker Warzone, it very much felt like somebody in post went over the artwork and added Stephanie's purple Batgirl-like symbol. It very much felt like Tynan only wanted Cassandra to put the, the mask on. Because well, let, me it, it, let me put it to you this way. In the New 52, and everything after... Stephanie popped up, no problem. Nobody questioned anything. We had to have a whole goddamn event to try and wrangle Cassandra Kane back into the DCU. Well, it's they the did the same sh- thing with Stephanie. That was Batman. That was yeah, the like, first yeah, Batman weekly series. That was the longer one. After the fucking villain to explain Stephanie being back in the damn picture. And her ending was screwed up because she ended up bailing in the end whilst Gotham City was burning. Yeah. So like, I like, mean, and, that and, is totally indicative like, of her character. Oh my god. But no, like, Batman and Robin Eternal, like, that was a rough ride. They turned David Kane into an emo bitch, and I hated it, and, like, they still never fixed, like, it took freaking Edward Hill and Tynan fixing um, her and Shiva's relationship later to get her back on track. So, but, like, they, they still haven't fixed the David Kane bullshit. But, so, like, entirely like this canon's fucked up and i i will stick to my statement that i feel as if an editor made them make stephanie batgirl too but we'll get to that in a second we're not even there because yet. people have to have their precious goddamn white girl i am a blonde haired blue-eyed white girl i am allowed to knock the blonde haired blue-eyed white girl character <laughs> anyway i'm not gonna cover the um the the second thing well actually we kind of have to we have to um the the next batman number two which is going to be oh, more stuff with, with Luke Fox and the Magistrate and stuff like that. But then we continue on from there with, also in this issue, Batgirls, Cassandra yeah. and Stephanie Brown find themselves in a prison where the Magistrate throws heroes and villains alike that no one knows, though, is that Cassandra was sent there with a mission? And in a story of the Gotham City Sirens, some girls just want to have fun. So what is what do you do when you find Gotham City in turmoil and overrun with cybers? You go shopping, of course. Join Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and, and a new siren on a ga- gal's night out. They're on the town looking for trouble and finding it. Okay. Can I just yeah. say that as a woman, I am offended by that <laughs> solicitation? I say as a fan of Poison Ivy and Harley together, I'm offended by it. I just mean mean the whole you go shopping with your girl like oh my god that hurts me unnecessary that's anti Gail Simone's approach to birds of prey concentrated right there honestly like hold on I need to okay 
And I mean, and, and Emmanuel Lupacino is the one writing it, so I feel like, drawing yeah, she it. didn't. She's drawing she didn't it. Paula Seppenberg. Okay, so maybe yeah. he approved that list. Oh, she like I haven't seen Paula Seppenberger. Okay, so yeah, it's very obvious God. she didn't approve that. She didn't damn approve it. that. God damn it! There's a what? cardstock art germ variant. God damn it! And you know it's gonna be slutty shit that the white nerds are gonna simp over, and it's gonna suck. It's either Fuck gonna be you, art germ is magical. Art germ, art germ is, is magical. magical. You're right. Art germ is, art magical, is magical when he's very good at his hourglass women shapes. And you can't lie that the, the freaking neckbeards buy that shit to jerk off on it. Are you thinking art germ is good Campbell? when he's drawing? No. Art germ is good when he's drawing adult women. When he's yes. drawing underage women, that's when you get some of the really creepy, squicky variants he did for Supergirl that sold way better than they should have. Yeah. Although I will admit yep. that his homage that's what I'm referring to. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. He did um, an Oktoberfest um, Batgirl in her new suit, and it was gorgeous. But he has a problem where he makes certain girls look too damn provocative that makes the neck beers lose their fucking minds, and it's like... Mm that on the for his variant for it's either going to be bat uh cast and steph or it's going to be ivy selena and whoever the fuck it'll be her. the sirens because he already did a cover or somebody did a cover for the like the freaking war zone with stephanie and Cass. well it, no it'll be sirens because he did um variants for harley quinn and poison ivy and those those yeah. cardstock covers sold really well yep, i bought them all <laughs> well all the oddly ivy ones i should say i bought half of them and keep in mind uh, oh, the, 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 these cover the second, prices are killing me, though. These cover prices are killing me. Oh god. Um, for well, the second argument, like three, and four. I know I, I'm I'm a dude who uh, uh, who just said that um, women being sexy could come off pretty fucked up, but Ian and I just said it right there. It's the underage shit that looks fucked up. Women, I don't give a fuck what you do. Be yourselves, but be be sex positive. I don't give a fuck. It's it's when the neck beards are are simping and jerking off to you that it's it's kind of concerning. Now, if you're making money off it, do you? But I, I, I find it concerning that we're we're basically approving of pedophilia in some regards. Is that fair? Oh, Mary, is that fair? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it was bit, like my my headphones crapped out, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, I didn't hear what you said, but sure. I, I, just, I, I know there's the, the, the dumbass argument that the, that the comics gators like to throw out there that like, oh, what's wrong with women being sexy? And I, I, I wanted to avoid that. So I was like, let, let, let's, let's go with women can be sexy, but I don't want to have a whole argument about like, yo, little girls can, be, like, can look provocative on some stupid shit. Right. Oh, and well, on top yeah. of that, another another good side note of that is uh Jim Lee drawing assless Vicky Vale. That oh, God. oh my god. I am offended on multiple levels. See, okay, yeah. I want I want I wanted to make sure we were all on the same page because I didn't I didn't yeah. want to sound like a dumbass for being like fuck you comics gate, but also hey, like no, do no, no, you. No, no. like I said, my headphones just uh took a shit. Okay, cool. Well, like so, in, in direct reference to this like Birds of Frey cover right here, like why does Huntress look like a child? Yup. So, in regards to the the Batgirl story, it, it, especially because they focus on Cassandra in the solicit, it, it goes back to my theory that the Stephanie being Batgirl was kind of penciled in later. Now, I think granted, it was. I think it right. was clearly. I think it was clearly a late edition. 
yeah. probably because and, but, and i think a lot of it ties back because there has been a huge call to make cassandra batgirl again but at the same time you know and this isn't going to turn into a stephanie rage i just i had to have that moment because yes i am still bothered by it but yeah. for every it seems like for every cast fan there's like four steph fans and I think, you know, there is a call to make her Batgirl again, especially since Batman and the Outsiders was kind of setting it up. That, um, but at the same time, unfortunately, as a way to kind of course correct the, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't have booted the POC character for the white girl. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, let, let's make them besties. Let's make them besties. So I think it, at this point in time, you can't do one without the other. So I'm wondering if Steph's Batgirl title was also a late addition. Probably. Although for myself, as I briefly mentioned earlier, one of my absolute all-time favorite one-shots of any comic ever is Batgirl Futures End Number One um, from one of the last times DC did an event almost very similar to this, which basically had the premise of Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown, and also a third character, uh, Tiffany Fox, all being Batgirls together, and I absolutely loved it to pieces, and ever since that comic came out, that's honestly what I felt DC should do, because whether you fall into Stephanie Brown is your favorite Batgirl, whether you fall into the camp of Cass Kane being your favorite Batgirl, I feel like ultimately the best way to appease the biggest demographic possible and get the most monies possible is to go, hey, why not just have them both be Batgirl, because frankly, it's not a mantle I think should only be Limited to one character. <laughs> Robins, why we can't? Why can't we have multiple Batgirls? Damn it! Exactly, exactly. So, like, uh, that story has me very, very excited and happy for that. And also, it's like, uh, it's it's just like to me, it's one of those things of, yo, we've been having this battle for so long, and Tynan tried to set it up back in the day, and y'all didn't listen. And like, like where he was trying to repair the multiverse and put us back to pre-New 52, where they both knew they were Batgirl at one point or another. So it's like, it was already set up. Why did it have to be a late edition? Why wasn't it just a plan from Jump? That's what concerns me. Like, it, it, it baffles me in the concept of we can't have more than one Batgirl. And Ian said it right there. There's Cass fans, and there is Stephanie fans. But I think we've I all think got gotten to a point where nobody wants to be a Barbara fan because they're sick of her being Batgirl. I think well, a lot of they better Barbara's fucking Oracle. keep her Oracle honestly. Yeah. Like, if they I, I take her off of... of the Oracle mantle, I'm gonna have a problem. Oh no, yeah. she, she's either she's either Batgirl or Oracle. It's, it's one or the other. She's never not mm -hmm. gonna be either. But I think a lot of it boils down to optics because it looks... Because, again, I have done this on the show before. I break things down into just pure optics. That How is this going to look to the public? I think it looks better optic-wise to have the person of color as the sole holder of the mantle. But you have to have both to appease the fan base. But at the same time, a lot of people are going to see this as a, like a lot of you know comic readers that may not be familiar with either or character. It's like, oh, so you're telling me that you know this POC character can't be the one. You have to have the other one with it. Well, why can't it just be Cassandra's bad girl? So I think optically it becomes a bit of a problem. True. That's also probably, I mean, that could also be the other reason for like the wording of the solicit is specifically putting more focus on cast it feels like in general sheer character especially even even just within titles like before all this like between like with how little uh stephanie's had to do in young justice in comparison to how large a role cast had in batman and the outsiders like dc clearly in general is pushing cast more 
So I think that they're trying, probably going to try and mitigate that a little bit, possibly with this, where at the very least, if they're both back row, that Stephanie, you know, that Cass is the main back row, that has the main focus in the narrative, and then, like, Stephanie's more of a sidekick back girl sort of thing. Hashtag waffles but... for Steph. Mary's going to smash something now. No, because here's the thing. Mary and I and Travis and I have this debate all the fucking time on the show that I agree. Cassandra was treated horribly. Yes. But at the same time, I grew up in an era where Tim Drake was Robin and I love Stephanie Brown for her story and her arc that she went through overcoming her father's bullshit and her story of trying to defend Gotham at the worst of times. I love that story. I wasn't the biggest fan of her being Batgirl, but I accepted her as Batgirl. I didn't know it was a bu- bunch of bullshit about Nick Beers being asshats. So I was one of the people during the Waffles for Steph campaign who sent Waffles to DC. I sent like three, I believe it was three different boxes of Eggo Waffles to DC. I was a part of that. So Stephanie is part of my heart. So that's why when we have these debates, it's like, yo, you're valid. I'm with you because Cassandra is a fucking beast, but I want Stephanie to be here too. And that's what the constant debate is with us. I, I, See, I think of... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Travis. Oh, I, my, my whole beef is, like, she's so poorly handled these days that, like, rather than beating her mom's ass on two separate occasions, her mom straight up sunned her and Batman up the last time we saw them go against each other in the most disrespectful manner possible. So, like, don't get me wrong. I, I love Cass, and I can probably warm up to Stephanie... If Cass got some actual love and not a, a canceled title from, you know, Batman and the Minority Group, like, or, or sorry, Black Lightning and Batman's Minority Children. <laughs> I'm gonna go to hell for laughing at that. We made that joke before and we cut it, but I'm gonna be real with you. Brian Edward Hill, you are always welcome on the show and I respect your writing. I love your stuff. But that is what that book freaking was. It was Batman and the minorities, and it was very obvious, and Mary said it. You wanted to write a Batman book, but yeah, but you brought along the kids, and you brought along two of the original outsiders, but Snyder real, literally set it up for you in metal, where it was Black Lightning, Katana, Halo, and Batman, like the original outsiders, and Geoforce, like the original outsiders was. And you said, nope, Batman, the two minority kids, Katana, and Black Lightning. And it was like... I imagine Signal probably was only in there as well because editorial's like, oh, we got to put Signal in something. Exactly. And, like, don't get me wrong. I love Duke. I love mm-hmm. Cassandra to death. But it's very obvious when it's the the one white man with two Asian ladies and two black men, and it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then doing? Batman's like, hey, hey, you're a person of color. They're people of color. <laughs> you guys it's should just, hang out. And then Batman obvious. disappears from the book. I don't know who approved this? It doesn't look good and you even made black lightning literally like god and you still didn't like click it that it looks kind of suspicious but anyway we're gonna move on i'm gonna stop bitching but law so uh, i will say in defense of the book once shiva enters the book and shiva pulls most of the focus from the book he writes a damn good lady shiva but um once shiva comes in and pulls focus the book really shifts to her relationship with Cass, and that is an aspect he handled very very well is that a lot of the emotional development that was missing in Cass's batgirl book because i mean that was mostly just them trying to beat the hell out of each other and Cass being like wow you're a thing in my life so let's fight about it but Um, we 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 got a lot of 
Oh. We, we got a lot of emotional development, even down to Shiva mm-hmm. actually, like, openly admitting that, yes, she does love her. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does any, so we're gonna move on from all that and the Batgirl saga. But does, uh, b- before we move on to the rest of the like, Superman Justice League titles, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock these two out real quick. Well, these three. Does anybody care about Catwoman stopping a train? No. Um, I do. I do like the fact that Ram V, both with that, uh, with that, uh, and two other titles, basically it's all the stuff he's already writing. So Fair I enough. feel like if nothing else, march onward. He's probably still going to be writing all those. Fair Which he should be. He's doing awesome work there. Also, Otto Schmidt drawing more DC stuff. Yes, yeah. please give me. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it Otto Schmidt and uh, Liam Sharp is solid with cover work. I yep. love. Mm-hmm. I love Liam yes. Sharp. Same. But Catwoman stopping a train. Does anyone care? No, not really. Okay. Um, it sounds like Raimi Catwoman. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> my input. Um, the train is full of innocent children. It says so in the solicitation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, does anyone like like obviously we care about Nightwing being underground and trying to stop the magistrate, but like and Nicholas Scott Nicholas Scott gets to write gets to, gets to draw more um bat, uh, Nightwing ass, which we're really excited about that. And it's not Rick Grayson, so. I think we're we all can agree that that's a good thing, right? Yeah. And finally, put the Patrick meme down. My name's not Rick. There are too many like straps and buckles on this costume. Yep. It feels like an image comics really costume, and I love it. Um, <laughs> um, other than part of, part of me wants to talk. Little... Part of me wants to toss yeah. it in Photoshop and color it all red just to piss James off. <laughs> oh god, I hated that costume so much. Uh, and then what was even worse was Nicola had to put it in the Nightwing anniversary cover, and it was like, honey, no, please, no one wants to remember that. Don't do that. New 52 sucks. Like, right click, save image. Even uh, Kyle Higgins, I'm I think, just a, piss I you off. Wait, did, even Kyle did Higgins said he hated that? having to. Kyle Higgins I'm writing the, the yeah, cry. he was the main writer for the new 52 Nightwing. Even he admitted he hated the re- the red suit and wanted to bring oh, the blue God. one back. Thank God, I love to cry. Because if he if he loved that, I was going to cry because I love Kyle Higgins. But oh my no, God, no, thank he, you he hated it. Okay, so um, other than uh, Jean Lumiang writing uh, a, a, another DC book, does anyone care about Clark and Bruce stopping the magistrate in the early days of, of the overthrow? No. Evil, 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 evil people brainwashing Superman. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that's uh, that's never happened before writing, ever. But, uh, right. Yeah. So like, I, I, I mean, feel like how do you than... top Manchester Black? Can right? you top Manchester Black? It's hard to top well, Manchester Maxwell, Black. Well, hell, Maxwell Lord even like actually outright did that. That was literally yeah. one of the main setup points for Infinite Crisis. <laughs> So, like, so other than like we loving Jean, uh, Jean uh, freaking I can't I can't pronounce Jean uh, Lumiang because oh, we love his new Superman, we loved his uh, Superman smashes the clan. We love you. You're welcome here anytime. But other than that, we don't care about Batman and Superman doing more dumb shit. Um, Fighting each other, no boring yawn. Does anyone care about more dark detective shit with with Tamaki? And apparently, Williamson is writing a Red Hood book. What the fuck? He's a cop. Uh, also, in this issue, Jason Todd is a haunted man. He's working a, a job he hates on the violent streets of Gotham City as a mask hunter for the magistrate. He takes contracts to catch villains or heroes and brings them alive, mostly. But when the Red Hood gang reemerges, Jason must solve a mystery that could doom the city. Oh, God. 
Actually, if it weren't for Williamson writing, I wouldn't care. Actually, I will say this. Making Red Hood a cop is probably the most fitting thing you could possibly do with Jason in terms of giving him an actual career. You know, I guess. just because it means he gets to shoot people in his day job, too. <laughs> Leave my son alone. <laughs> That's how I feel when you take shots at Tim Drake. I'm like, leave my son alone. But, um, but no. Nah, um, so, yeah, if it weren't for Tamaki and Williamson working together on this book, I wouldn't give a damn. So from there, we are going to move on to the the Superman slash Justice League books of this entire nonsense roller coaster because that's it's what it pretty much the, everything else by the way yeah pretty much they even like they even slapped the Wonder Woman shit into the Superman camp which I know Mary is not very happy about because that worked so well last time <laughs> <laughs> Mary how do you feel about Wonder Woman being oh god. Um, she's edited through the Superman office, so, oh, like, boo, but I get it, and okay. somebody at DC has a boner for Superman and Wonder Woman together. I, mean, I, get, I get the and If they want to do John and the new Wonder Woman, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll get there Keep in a Diana away from Clark. I'm just gonna say, keep Diana away from Clark. Diana, they are besties, and keep her away from Steve Trevor because that is weird. But we'll 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 get to that. The first one, which I'm actually surprisingly really excited about, the idea that after apparently Jonathan, Mm. as an adult, tried to bottle the city of Metropolis like how they did Candor, um, Kara goes. I I call her Kara, but the fucking show calls her Kara, and I hate it. Uh, Kara goes to space and is taking care of a moon colony as Superwoman. And if that don't sound like a really easy way to just change um, the, the TV show name or make her actually be Superwoman in the Superman spinoff, I don't know what is. Mm, Benoist is I don't done. Care. But Benoist can say she's done all she wants, but you know she's going to guest star at some point. And like, the show's going to end with her being called Superwoman. You know what's going to happen. I mean, they're probably yeah. going to drag the Jimmy, you know, probably going to drag Jimmy back at some point on the Superman and Lovers show, I'd have to imagine. He is uh, also done. Yeah, he's done. He's doing some other shit. So, like, I, I know, I, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, at some star. point, they're going to hand Benoist a check, and they're going to end Supergirl the show off of her being called Superwoman. And that's what this feels like to, from Jump, that they're trying to set up. But in general, the and idea not- of... Oh, go ahead. At least, like, twice a season, they emphasize the importance of Supergirl. Like, the narrative does not support that. So, I don't... They're not going to do it. Because they handle that hell in the first season. She stomps into Cat Grant's office and she's like, why are you calling her Supergirl and not Superwoman? Like... And then then Callista Flockhart gives her a smackdown. But at the same time, it's like... That could be an easy way to boost the narrative for Kara in the future. And I mean, Marguerite Bennett and Marguerite Savage working together on a book sounds like a good ride. So I might actually read that because I haven't read Kara since New 52 when she was a fucking badass and a Red Lantern. So I, I don't I don't really care. But you calling like, her the last, Kara makes me want to read the last... through the throat. Oh, that was the JLA model. I don't call her Kara. I'm sorry. I don't watch the CW nonsense. She's Kara. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, I've, that's I've, I've always... DCAU went with, right? Yeah, I've, always mm-hmm. I've always called her Kara. I must say that's that that, that is I've... what Superman called her in the t- in the animated series. So I call her Kara. I'm sorry, like I can't get off that train. 
I've read. I've I mean, always read it. He in called Kara, it that in, in Batman's Apocalypse so too. Yep. But that's so Batman's Apocalypse. We don't acknowledge. Hey, that was a good movie. I'm sorry, that was a good movie. Right, and that was like one of the best runs in the Batman Superman little mini arcs. I loved it. We might not support Michael Turner and all his artwork sometimes, but like that was a good interpretation of the movie of like the comic. But um, anyway, um, so no, I I like the idea of Bennett and Savage being put together to write a a, a, car, a Kara book in the future. I like that premise. I don't know how how I feel about her and John being put at odds. Well, granted, I haven't liked the idea of Kara and John being in the same room since that stupid Bendis panel where Connor showed up and and Kara goes, yo, we like him, right? And John goes, yeah, he's fine. Because, bitch, Connor was your cousin before before, uh, Jonathan was even born, so I need you to put some respect on his name. But anyway, Mary, how do you feel about this? Well, the cl- it was because Krypton kind of viewed clones as an abomination. So it was, I, I think that's really where that's coming from, is that Kara's always had a really big problem with clones, but, you know, she learns and overcomes prejudice, yada, yada, yada. Also, she doesn't... Well, if the Kents remember John or Connor, Kara doesn't, because nonsense. Exactly. And the, Dennis almost certainly won't be able to properly explain before his runs end, by the way. Mary, how do you feel about uh, Kara and Marguerite and uh, Marguerite doing this together? I I love Marguerite Squared. I think that's fun. How do you find two women in comics named Marguerite and put them on the same book? I love that they did that. (laughs) But um, uh, Marguerite Bennett... Uh, Marg Bennett, she writes. She wrote a really good Supergirl in Bombshells. Yep. And because it, it was it was an interesting take, but the heart and spirit of Kara was there. And because um, I'm looking at the solicitation right now, and I something I actually really did enjoy with the New Fifty Two is that they gave her anchor because. Exactly. I think we would all be angry if you plop down on a planet and the baby cousin you were supposed to protect is like 40 and your whole planet and people are dead. You're going to be a weensy little bit angry. Also, when you're dragged into two really shitty Superman crossover events overseen by Scott Liddell. Uh... Fair point. But um, so I liked Kara having something of a temper. Because, you know, if you look at it contextually, it does make sense that she wouldn't, you know, she would have issues with that. And I actually really liked Red Lantern Supergirl. Same, same. But, um, so, because I I think it's it's kind of cutesy that she's Superman's hot-tempered cousin, Mm -hmm. but uh, has found peace and purpose away from Earth and its heroes. Translation, bitch got the fuck out. Um... Kara but, had it up to here with your bullshit and left. Pretty much. But I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, with Marguerite Bennett, I had my reser- I have my reservations with her Batwoman run, but I do typically just kind of tend to throw money at her. Same. So this is this is gonna be another instance where Mary's just gonna open Victoria's wallet and throw money at her. <laughs> Victoria's very happy about. Yeah, no, she, she's not. She's not happy about this. I'm pretty much in the. I'm pretty much in the same boat with this, where I just. I mean, I, I how I'm one of maybe like what thirty people at most who actually read all of Animosity, over at Aftershock because I enjoy Marguerite Bennett's writing so much. See, I actually really liked Animosity. I did too. Yeah, I loved it. I just no one was reading it, which broke my heart. 
like no one was was enjoying it in reviews, but I was like, this. I mean, nobody reading it is a bit of an aftershock problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because their readership dropped when they said, hey, we're not going to take independent submissions. We only want to take people who have big two work. Mm-hmm. And then readership dropped. Yep. But no, Travis, I know you're not the biggest Supergirl fan, but I want to get your feedback on this before we move on. How do you feel about, like, John and Kara being at odds? Um... I'm kind of excited to be honest because you have like Clark's literal legacy and then you have Kara who's worked alongside alongside Clark for so long. So it really it opens up a pretty interesting dynamic. Um I could see Kara kind of socking John in the face for trying to bottle Metropolis considering she's yeah, like, that, That's my point. It's just that's my point. It's just like they're at odds. No shit they're at odds. Like John thought, yeah, sure, let's put stigma... Like, I'm sure it's a dire situation, but John thought, yeah, sure, let's stick Metropolis in a fucking bottle after Kara's spent years having to, you know, with Candor being bottled. No shit, she's not going to take kindly to that and think it's kind of stupid. Right, that's... The, she'll immediately be like, that's dumb. And then I'm strong enough to punch you in the face for it. Like, exactly. So I'm excited to see that dynamic. Also, because just... she could... She could absolutely whoop John's ass. Yep, yeah. Also, the other thing, but but sorry, the one other thing I want to know with Marguerite Bennett writing, I always like she pretty much infuses gay into so much of her writing. So I'm looking forward so to that much. inevitably coming across the page. Oh my god! Oh my god! So much. <laughs> she like she even made Trini come across as being gay with, um, uh-huh. with Kimberly so in a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers short story she wrote. I mean, like, if you want, like, if you fix it and make it so Jason and Trini were a thing, and I was like, gross, no, please, God, no. I'm just saying that I feel like Marguerite Bennett is the thing that the neckbeards are afraid of. They're just going to shove the gay in our face. Marguerite Bennett is like, challenge accepted. Yeah, right. pretty is much. Is there enough gay in your face? Do you need more gay in your face? I have more gay to put in your face. Oh, no, no, no. Travis, Travis, you don't understand. I actually tallied out. I tallied out the bombshell characters. There are more queer characters than straight characters in bombshells. I mean, and we're talking like... We're talking 30 plus characters. It is hysterical. That is absolutely something that uh, someone should cover for some sort of podcast. I feel like that that, that is actually on the list of what I was going to make, like Travis Reed at some point was bombshells. Like, because it's so iconic that we need to cover it at some point. Do you want want a Soviet Supergirl to make out with teenage Lois Lane? Because that's what happens. I mean, you probably could have saved the teenage part of the Lois Lane. <laughs> That'll be but, well, no, they're both they, they de-age Lois Lane in Bombshells, mm-hmm. so I think she's about seventeen. Because I think Clark's she like hy- and like Clark's like hyper cloned. Like, yeah, he's he actually doesn't, he doesn't speak. Yeah, he also has a Whoa. handlebar mustache. What the the only reason yeah, we'll, we'll make you read Bombshells in January, Travis. It sounds terrifying. Oh, it's it, amazing. Ter- okay, Travis, World War Two. And Mara's were each other's it, first girlfriends. It's World War Two, and we're fighting the Nazis. And Marguerite Bennett's sitting at her computer, going, "What if a bunch of lesbians fought World War Two? Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, the, yeah. So it's just it's the DC women. Like thirty thousand percent of them are either gay or bisexual or whatever. And they're all fighting Nazis. Giant Nazi mechs. They have Nazi Gundams. <laughs> yep. What the also, fuck? Kate, <laughs> the book literally opens. The book literally opens with Kate basically showing up 
and stopping the you know stopping Joe Chill from care- killing Thomas and Martha Wayne. Yep. And she's Batwoman, but she has yep. bat ears and a baseball bat. So glorious. We need to keep going. We need to keep going. Yeah. yeah. So. Buckingham is the one who oversized issues with the Superman of Metropolis. Is Jonathan Kent taking over as the hero of the city of Metropolis, which is really weird. But the, the other two have me a little bit. What's up? James, your mic is taking a shit. Can you hear me? Not really. You kind of sound like a 30 rating, 30s radio broadcast. Hold on, that's ironic given what we were just talking about yeah we go right. yeah you're good okay yeah. so we go from the ball city of metropolis to then with, with like and jonathan being this new hero but it's written by sean lewis who's been writing some really interesting sh- stuff at, at image and i'm excited like, like like his bliss miniseries is going really well so i'm kind of interested to see what he does here picking up a big two book so i'm excited about that but the other two little side stories in this book, where it's um, it's the return of the Manhattan Guardian in Metropolis, because we have um, where is his damn name? I forget his name. Um, J- uh, Jake Jordan. He was back during um, Morrison's Seven Soldiers of Victory, and they're putting a black man as a police version of Guardian, and I'm like, which is basically like DC's version of Captain America. And I'm a little concerned because Morrison wrote that during the 2000s when we weren't really talking about police brutality and black folks that much. But now someone's like, hey, let's take Morrison's Jake Jordan and put him into a modern setting. And I'm like, hmm. I mean, if you look at uh, Cully Hammer's design for for the Guardian there, he, it literally looks like it's just, let's, t- let's take a SWAT uniform and just... Stick well, it no, into that's a the original blender. Morrison design. I, lo- I looked back at oh, that's okay. the original Morrison design, but at the oh. same time, it's like this. Uh, you, you someone should have told Cully Hammer to read mm-hmm. the room because I'm a little concerned. And it's either at the that same or time, he was doing this possibly back in like January or something. Like I'm hoping this is something that was very much not something that Wells or Devins touched at all. I'm wondering honestly if it's just a timing issue. Yeah, yeah. it might be a timing mm-hmm. issue. But no, like, like with the uh, like with uh, Ruka's. Um, Story in Detective Comics 1027. Yeah. And on top of that, you have um, Shiloh Norman, Mr. Miracle, who was also in um, Seven Soldiers of Victory by Grant Morrison. It feels as if someone just kind of opened the Morrison handbook and was like, hey, who's a legacy character that we could pull from? And those two are enough related to Superman. They wanted to pull them back. And Shiloh Norman's cool. I have no beef with Shiloh Norman because it's like, hey, he has to escape from the bottled city. That's kind of dope. But the idea that you're going to bring a Manhattan Guardian back, I'm a little concerned. I Travis, dropped... Oh, go, go ahead. No, no, Travis, go ahead. Travis, how do you feel about this? Because I know you never heard of oh, Jay Jordan or Manhattan Guardian, but the idea of a, a like black man police SWAT uniform Guardian-ish outfit, how do you feel about that with today's optics? Because I'm a little concerned. Black Guardian? You talk, uh, okay, I saw this, and here's my question. That's the dude from um, uh, where was Superboy created at? Young Justice. Yeah, 
But he was never oh. associated with Young Justice in like Cadmus, other than like the same Guardian was cloned like fifty thousand times in the comics. That way yeah, he could continue basically... to be just Captain America in the DC universe. Yeah, basically it was so... part of Robinson's uh, setup for partial setup for Superman New Krypton. Like the whole him being like Guardian working with the cops was also something they did in that. Yeah. Okay, I I think my like because I was looking at the the January solicitations and I saw that they're they're putting him with Bumblebee. Yeah, like well, because there's been three different people who have been associated with with with, with the, the title of Guardian. It's been the original Guardian who was related to Roy Harper, there with Jim Harper. There is Mal Duncan who was either Guardian or he was Herald slash Hornblower, where he had a magical trumpet that could open portals and shit. Which is like you've seen that from the Teen Titans TV show and from Young Justice that he's tied to Karen. They were the first black characters ever introduced in Teen Titans, like in the comics back in like the the seventies and eighties. But then later on, you had Jake Jordan written by Grant Morrison, who was associated with the police and also being Metropolis's guardian. Travis, did you die? No, I'm still here. Say again. So like you had you had like, like where did you lose me? Uh, just just re- give me the synopsis because there's so, like, background so, noise. So like you have like I'll, I'll redo it real quick. So you have Jim Jordan, well, not Jim Jordan, G- Jim Harper, which is like related to the the Red Arrow, Roy Harper, and then you have Mal Duncan, who along with Bumblebee was one of the original Black Teen Titans before he became Guardian for a while, and then you have Jake Jordan, who was created by Grant Morrison during the 2000s. That was that was back when like police brutality and, and black folks what like was still happening obviously but it wasn't a hot button topic in the media like it is now so with the optics going on it's cons- like how do you feel about it being brought back to the table um i'm i'm a little worried about it being brought back to the table just because it's a seemingly dead character um so it to me and maybe maybe i'm putting my koofy on for this one but it feels like they're making him black to kind of pump his numbers a little bit but how do i put this which we're not viable like that give us an original character so i mean jake jordan's always been black he's not being race change or something stupid it's just but yeah is guardian though because because uh that's a lot of white to just turn black out of nowhere because yeah, well, yeah, guardian originally was white and then two other black people took over the mantle Okay. Three technically mm. counting, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, we're not going there. Don't you dare, Ian. Don't, Travis, you, bring, don't you bring that evil in my house. Travis, let me put it to you this way. Uh, pop culture concept-wise, Guardian is black. Yeah, like, no, like okay. other than Young Justice, where he started out white, like, nobody cares. He's mostly known because of Mal being Guardian in Young Justice after uh, Roy's cousin was Guardian, and because of Supergirl's James Olsen, Guardian is black. But the Manhattan Guardian, the Jake Jordan Guardian, is very well known for being associated with the police. So it's kind of Uh, optically a concern. Yeah, because it really comes off as like the, look, a black guy, he's one of the good ones. Where's the cops? And not to mention, like, I'm not going to let that obvious Steve Rogers knockoff slide. You know what I mean? Because instead of being from Queens, he's in Manhattan. 
good guy working with the cops. No. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know too much about Guardian to really make an accurate judgment call outside of just judging the book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very uh, hesitant to do so because I want black characters to succeed, but I also I want them to be interesting. <laughs> it's not even a Captain America knockoff. What is he supposed to be? Because it looks like a Captain America knockoff. Because he's created by Simon and Kirby. <laughs> I just oh. looked it up because I was curious. And he comes out wow. a few months a few months after the fact, but he is also uh, Guardian. Uh, first appeared in April of 1942 by writer um, Joe Simon and artist Jack Kirby. That is hilarious. It even says here that Guardian resembles an earlier Kirby and Simon character, Captain America. That's oh, yeah. hilarious. So um, he's a fucking straight up clone, not even a copy, not a yeah, knockoff. He's like the police version of the Captain America war version kind of situation. Uh, I yeah. think <laughs> I think what they're going to try to do is that they might try to hand wave it a little bit because whenever DC Comics has done like an in-depth police brutality narrative, it's always been in Gotham. Metropolis yep. Metropolis is kind of it's, it's the golden city of tomorrow so police brutality narratives really aren't done a lot with Metropolis so I think that might be how they're going to try and hand wave this but I definitely think that this was a timing issue they don't even generally call them police straight up police they call them the science police because legion of superheroes yeah, yeah I remember that the science yeah. police so from the hold up hold up um, I dropped the variant cover in the chat. This cover is startling because he looks like full. If you look at his face, he looks about six. Oh, Jonathan. Like, yeah, it, like look at it. It's absolute baby face, and it's just startling. Yeah. He like I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why he doesn't have a cape and has like a gravity belt. I know, like that's what bothers me the most is like Superman, like straight up Superman costume, but no cape just feels wrong. Like yeah. unless it's tattered and beaten to shit, and his cape's in the background or something, stuck on a bent piece of nail so from there we're going into a story written by mark russell which mark russell you have my heart yes. so i'm forced to read yes. this i'm forced to read this like between your pink panther and, and your not pink panther fucking um freaking snagglepuss i feel like a horrible this person this is one right of the titles i'm actually hyped for right, this one right between, here. between your snagglepuss and, and your flintstones uh, like because snagglepuss meant a lot to me coming out like but like right there you have like two golden like, like like records right there and then you're writing a story about superman going up against like alex luther like in the future and i'm just like yeah i'm gonna have to read that if you haven't read like it's actually sorry just i think it's actually more specifically for like i know superman's mentioned but it almost seems more like it's him going up against lois actually just as a because the premise is welcome to lexor home of the the, mm-hmm. the greatest businessman in the multiverse lex luther after years of prosperity lex's utopia is la- last ready to join the ranks of the united planets and promote peace among worlds however lex has never done anything unless he has something to gain from it what could he be up to this time sounds like a job for superman and his wife lois lane the earth representative of the united planets it's time for the man of steel to shut down this former metropolis uh, magnate once and for all. Hmm. I feel like with her role in that story that Lois is probably going to be the more central of the two. Just because it sounds like it's a political story. Oh no. It sounds like it's a super duper no. political story. I mean, it's Mark Russell. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, that, that's the thing. Like that, <laughs> he, he, turned, 
he turned the Flintstones into meta political commentary. He turned Red Sonia icon. Like James, I don't know. He turned Red Sonia into a political narrative. Yeah, he, he's he is a he is a an honest to god satirist, and I love it. Yeah. Yes. But James, if you have not read the gay marriage issue of the Flintstones, you have to because I, I love it I so forget much. Yes, if I haven't, I'm gonna go reread it. I think I, I, I think I think I fell off after volume one. Was it in volume one? I I don't remember. Okay, I'll go back. I only ever read the Booster Gold Flintstones thing, okay. and I was kind of annoyed by it. So by like Mark Russell alone, you have me forced to read this book. But like I, I really could give a shit about Superman in the future. So like I, I'm forced to read this by obligation, but I, I don't really want to. But like, yeah. Um. Superman. I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you go first. I, I kind of have a soft spot for the political stories where Lex Luthor is able to, within reason, prove to the people that Superman is not only unnecessary, but a hindrance of, of our own progress. Because yeah. that's when, to me, he's the most compelling. So with this, I feel like he's going to have a whole lot of shit going on. Possibly. Um, the next book is Superman um, World at War, which... Um, BDSM <laughs> Clark. Yeah, pretty much. It's a story of Superman trying to rise up the ranks of world of War World to take over the War World from Mongol, while also a secondary story that has Midnighter in it. And I'm like, um, whose bright idea was it to put Midnighter in a Superman to uh, oversized book? I mean, and, uh, Midnighter in War World sounds story. pretty good. No, no, no. As, as at the same time, Midnighter, the greatest fighter of Earth is punching his way through a whole mess of trouble. He's on the hunt for a new energy source deadlier than kryptonite. His goal is to shut it down before it unleashed an unexpected universe. I don't think it has tied to War World. I think it's just they threw him in here for some reason and I can't figure out why. And I'm gonna oh, put a fat-ass asterisk on Greatest Fighter from Earth. I watched Dick Grayson beat that ass. <laughs> also, <laughs> no one cares also, about New Midnighter's the best. Also, hi, uh, Black Canary and Shiva both exist. But, like, Midnighter can and predict Kathleen. almost every move, though, so, like, Midnighter's kind like, of the exception to the rule. That's literally Shiva's power, though. Yeah. Midnighter versus and, Shiva, that's a, that's a hell of a fight right that there. Is a, uh, that is a hell of a fight right there, because they, yeah. both, have pre- they both have predictive movement uh, yeah. capability. And, like, yeah, Ian, was... I'm gonna let you know now. I, mm-hmm. I, I I fight for Midnight or like like Mary fights for Kate, so you ain't gonna win that fight. I'm sorry, <laughs> like that, that's just facts. But um, on, and on I top of that, the most fave. So yeah, there you go. Well, I I leave you alone about some motion. But uh, on top of that, the Black Racer, a girl raised by the slums of War World to be one of the top competitors, turns betrayal into a crusade to fight the for freedom. Like so, basically, we're gender flipping Black Racer for a new generation, and I'm like. No one's gonna care about this in two months. Does yeah. black, care black about Black Racer? Racer, black racer? Like, you know the black like, race, like, wait, that that's a the black racer in this is a woman or girl? Yeah. That that does not remotely yeah. come across from either the Dan Mora promotional artwork or the Legion of Superheroes cover that also has Black Racer on it for some reason. Apparently that they just made it I, look really funky, but like apparently yeah, I, Black Racer's gonna be a woman and I'm just kinda like, uh, okay, sure, that's fine. I I, I'm, I think I speak for the class when I say that the last time anyone gave a shit about Black Racer was when it was the Flash in Dark Side War. 
Right? I, like, that's man. honestly charitable, I think, even for that. Yeah, like, no one cares about random black man from space on skis, because that's not really something <laughs> we want to read. No one that's wants to read one, that. That's the, old, that's the only fun part of the Black Racer, is that it's a character who represents death who runs around on skis. And like no, and like we'll 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 like accept it because Kirby wrote it and he wanted to add another black character. But like I don't think anyone really gives a fuck. I'm sorry. Like also of all the friggin' new god characters you could pull into this, like Orion. Yeah, like 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 going like out of like you know Orion or Big Barda or like heck even especially or, you know, to like... be alongside Scott Free. Why Black mm-hmm. Racer? Yeah. So um. Like from... the... So from there, and I want to like, I'm gonna jump a little bit before we talk about this possible See? concerning book. I'm gonna jump down the list a little bit and talk about the idea of Wonder Woman before we go up to Superman slash Wonder Woman, because okay. the idea of a, a, a Amazon from the rainforest taking over the mantle of Wonder Woman is really cool. It's been set up by Steve Orlando beforehand, and he even said that on Twitter. So, yay. Anything Steve Orlando, yay. But I'm concerned that, yay, we're finally getting a South American Wonder Woman, but no one's going to give a shit about her in two months. Yep. Not with hardened Grandma Diana running around. No, that's MILF Diana. Get it right. Mary will choke you. (laughs) G milf Diana. Let's teacher. Get it's right. fun. T- it's fun English teacher who gets you to do studies based off newspaper articles. Diana. Oh my god. <laughs> Miss Frizzle Diana. <laughs> that or like Hillary Swank in this one movie that I can't quite recall off the top of my head. Diana. Mary, yeah, you're the Wonder Woman expert. How do you uh, how, how do you read the optics of the situation going forward? I mean, first of all, I'm actually kind of intrigued at the lady is black racer, but okay. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I just gotta drop that awkward mic before we continue. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm always interested to see what they do with reimaginings of certain characters. And of course, being a woman, I guess that kind of endears me to, oh, hey, let's see what they do with this. It's a new perspective. It could make her interesting. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, just, like, my, I'm not, I'm, it's just yeah. my lady brain. Like, I'm, you know, I typically tend to gravitate towards lady characters. But um, in terms of this new Wonder Woman, uh, James, I think you're wrong. There is a lot of buzz for this character. What, uh, Yara Floor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there is a lot of buzz for her. Especially... No, and I, I agree there's buzz. But my concern is with the same thing, because don't get me wrong. The idea of, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but the idea of Jackson Hyde taking over the mantle of Aquaman, that's some exciting shit. Um, uh, Aquaman and Mera's daughter taking over the mantle of Aquawoman after uh, DC forced Dan Abner to throw it out the fucking window at the end of the New 52. Um, I, I want that, but no one's going to care after two months when it goes back in the closet because they give in to the neckbeards. So that's, that's my concern here. But see, that that's the thing, is that if it was still Didio, I would agree with you. But with Javins and Wells and there, you know, they have a progressive resume and they're walking into this with a progressive agenda. We don't know if they're going to bend the knee to the neckbeards. If nothing else, I could see them probably doing a, um, a, uh, like an, o- like a OGN or something for, uh, 
for her, like back to her bulk characters you mentioned. Well, no, there's a hypothetical that we'll talk about at the end of the show that I want to throw on the, on the table. But like, no, I'm excited for Yara Floor. I I want to see these ca- like especially when we get to the Justice League title. I'm excited for this, but I want them to prosper. But I don't know if any if, if the pre-orders are going to be well enough for them to keep doing this. It on uh, with this new Wonder Woman. Yeah, it depends on Brazil. Mm. I mean, because... I, I could see. I could also see this one, this book in particular, having some high numbers just for speculator purposes, like people buying and... up more copies because it's a new character yeah. and it's a first appearance. Well, I mean, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna do high numbers because it is her first appearance, mm. and she's she's the character that has the most buzz at the moment. But mm. a lot of the staying power for this character is going to depend on the Brazilian market, because mm. I cannot overstate how much of a solid market Brazil is for DC Comics. Like it, it is just so ingrained with so many people in Brazil that you know, you know, you want to talk about you know, like the U.S. North America being DC fan. Uh, uh, no, Brazil slaps the shit out of all of us so yeah, much, so so much so that, that uh, mentioned that, that uh, when going to a couple different Brazil cons over the year, past couple of years. It, well, the fact that they dropped Wonder Woman eighty four at CCXP. I mean, mm-hmm. Birds of Prey. You know, because you had Gal Gadot and Margot Robbie at the same time in like they bypassed San Diego and went to CCXP and it was massive. Like the attendance was mad. It, it was just, it was cause I watched the live stream of it. Cause thankfully they had it in English cause they do not speak Portuguese. Um, but no, it, it was just, it was absolutely fucking massive. And I think a lot of that is going to depend on how well this does in Brazil. And oh no, they're adding a new Amazon. This has never been done before. Like, no, fuck it. They do this shit all the time. Like, they toss in new Amazons all the time, and those Amazons do tend to stick, and they stick very well. Look at um, most recently, and if we're talking, like, if we're looking at the chronological history, most recently look at Artemis. Like, they, they, she, they, they tossed her in, and then she's Wonder Woman, and, you know, they've just, they've kind of stuck. Yeah, that's fair. So, she even got to be part of the Dark Trinity when the when Rebirth started with, with Jason and Bizarro, so yeah. Well, I mean, even even before then, even before all of the, I mean, she has been a very popular character since her introduction. Nubia has been a very popular character since her introduction. It's just, you know, editorial decided to fuck that for the rest of us. So adding, <laughs> adding I mean, hell, even you sit down with a Wonder Woman fan and say, hey, who are your five favorite, five favorite Amazons? You're going to get a bunch of different characters. Because Eo is my favorite of the Amazons, but that's just I'm I'm delving into gay territory there. But no, I think the, the this book it will probably be one of the more successful because it is a brand new character, and we're gonna get that speculative speculator first appearance money. But at the same time, this is appealing to a major market, and I think. Even if Future State doesn't stick around, we're going to do some time travel, whatever shenanigans, and I think we will specifically her. I think we'll see Yara 4 again. If nothing else, I could see them introducing her as Wonder Girl after the fact. Just since age range-wise, they could probably do that. Now, with their character. Wonder Girl, Wonder Girl traditionally, mm-hmm. from like a sales perspective, Wonder Girl's not really a selling point. Yeah, and I know she, it's not she has, I mean, if we're looking at Donna, if we're looking at Cassie, mm-hmm. neither yeah. one of them are big selling points. So yeah. I, think- I know, like, I'm not saying 
like in terms of her own title, but I'm just saying like in like a Teen Titans relaunch or like within Wonder Woman March going forward or whatnot, I could see them establishing her within the present in some capacity and as like a younger version of her, if nothing else, just to at least keep her around. Okay, I can I can see that. Yeah, they could yeah. like lump her in with the with, with like the fourth generation or the champions generation type mm -hmm. of layout they have with like Damian Wallace and Emiko. They could do that kind of like smooth criminal type shit. I mean, that's why I'm not really that worried when you mentioned Andy or whatnot. Like, I'm not worried about her because she's already been, as like a baby, has already been a huge hit with Aquaman fans within the current Aquaman run. So yeah, she's amazing. Like, yeah. No, so, like, um, so to, to go back to the, the the original next one on the list, which is mm -hmm. Superman slash Wonder Woman. Um, why is this a thing? Did this I need to be a thing? I need that gift from Mean Girls of stop trying to make Fetch happen. Like, stop trying to make Superman and Wonder Woman happen. Like, I know everyone has this boner where, like, you need to see two powerful, like, bitches. Like, I know that, um, the boys has y'all fantasizing about, like, Stormfront and Homelander banging up their fucking roof. But Superman and Wonder Woman being a thing doesn't need to be a thing. It doesn't. No one cares. The whole man of steel, women of Kleenex thing can go fuck, go fuck yeah. itself. Because if that was really a thing, every single person Clark fans would pace. You know, like it just the idea of Superman and Wonder yeah. Woman being like it could be a cool story about like Jonathan coming into his own and then like Yara Flora like doing Sorry, her own thing. Me? Like it could be cool, but I don't see the 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 appeal of this. Travis, do you see the appeal of this? No, see, I'm also like, I shift the hell out of Diana and Bruce just because it makes sense. But on that same hand, I also like, uh, fuck Orion nut crushing Diana. So I don't really think, like, honestly, I think Wonder Woman's just like too strong and independent to even need a man. I think a man would slow her down, period. But I don't know. People like to shift this I feel like that's for some what... weird reason across from the other woman book as well but yeah um for myself personally i just kind of wish that uh they'd let this new wonder woman just be absolutely 100 percent gay or or something have diana over there just there, so it's not a case of, oh, we can't have wonder woman trans obviously gay because That'll piss off the homophobic shops that buy well, like that's a whole other argument in general where it's that... like I, like, like, when it comes to Wonder Woman, and I'm not going to touch this too much because I'm not a Wonder Woman fan, but as much as I love to have new LGBT characters in the, in the joint, you know, I, we, that, that's the other big issue with Future State, is we only get them for two months, unless that, like, the pre-orders are through the fucking roof. We're never going to see these people again. And it goes back to my, my, my previous point of, like, we, like yes, Brazil's going to eat the shit out of Yara Floor, but, like, we are never going to see these characters again unless they do big numbers. So it has me just like, we, we won't get enough development for them, let alone them be with with, with Superman or her be with like who's someone who's, like, who's LGBT. It, like, we don't get a chance to even get to know like them at all. So it's like, right. why? That's kind of my her? issue with this, with Yara Floor, is that we don't know her, but they're giving her the son of Krypton for some yeah. reason. To play devil's advocate here, we don't have the solicitations for March. True. I mean, I just I just thought about that kind of like a devil's advocate standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have the solicitations for all of 2021. 
-hmm. So while I think it is a justifiable fear that we might not see these characters again, we also don't know what else they're planning. That's fair. True. That's very true. Because that's the biggest fear that everyone has, that this is just going to be convergence. This is going to be a two-month holdover that we'll never see this shit again. And, like, the idea that Jackson Hyde is Aquaman, I'm hyped about that shit. The minute that DC fandom happened and they said that Luke Fox being Batman was going to be a two-month thing, I was like, the air deflating out of the balloon, where it's like, oh, I don't care anymore. But if it stays, cool. If not... I mean, to, point, to point out, though, with your comparison to convergence, Yes, for the most part, Convergence didn't stick around, but you know what did come out of Convergence? Jonathan yeah. Kent. So, uh, yeah, the, fair floor, enough. You know, Yara Floor could end up being the, the, the Jonathan Kent of this event. That but, could be a thing. I mean, to be completely I fair, I, I, I think she, like, I think not exotic white woman Wonder Woman deserves mm-hmm. more spotlight than in the shadow of the son of the son of Krypton. Right. Mm-hmm. The son of the son. I, I love that so much because it's so fucking true. Um, the part that I'm not thrilled about is that it's Dan Waters <clears throat> and I was really underwhelmed with Coffin Bound so um, cause it's a he wrote a, he's written a lot of books for Image like Limbo and Coffin Bound yeah. I'm really underwhelmed with both of those titles so I think that's part of my hesitation like from a creative perspective that's really my hesitation with this Fair also enough. I just don't I just as, as a premise alone I just what Superman Wonder Woman as a title should it should have just been discarded to the annals of history after the new 52 like the right. new 52 series finally fucking died so from there though um justice league is like one of the only books that i'm excited about solely because it looks to be the the future most story of all of this like it bugs me because is that messing... the black racer that we've been talking about here who is this what? Hold on. Who hold is on. this I'm, Flash? I'm, 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 I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there because I'm kind of pissed. I, 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 I was like you a minute ago too. Um, the like, like how it looks on the cover is you have um, and and Andy Curry as Aqua Woman. You have um, what's her damn name? Uh, Joe uh, Millian from the Far Sector book as Green Lantern. You have. So, like as far as we know, Luke Fox, because the answer is speculation that it could be his brother, but I don't give a fuck about that. Um, Luke Fox is redacted in the solicit, by the way. Yeah, because they even say redacted as Batman. That pisses yeah. me off. You have Jonathan Kent as Superman, um, Yara Flores Wonder Woman, and then they say a flash from a different point in the multiverse. When I first saw these images, I was like, Wallace, get your ass out of here. No one wants you. Go away. But then they said, no, it's a Flash from a different multiverse. And I was like, okay. Is that the Batman Beyond yeah. Flash? That'd be kind of dope. That I'm would be kind of dope. Her. I could be so, wrong, but her, they outfits are like So it's like, this looks to be the most future book out of all of these where the stuff with the magistrate has calmed down. Luke is allowed to be Batman now. Andy is older. Yara Floor and, and um, Jonathan have had more time to come into their own as superheroes. There obviously has some time passed in Far Sector. So I like this idea. I want this to stay. I like this as a future book. This reminds me of Justice League 3000, so I want this to stay. How do y'all, uh, Mary, how do you feel about this? I mean, it looks like it's going to be a basic run-of-the-mill Justice League title. <sighs> Big team titles like this, Avengers and Justice League, they don't typically have a lot of substance to them. 
So I think it's going to be a fun team up, but ultimately it's just going to be an ensemble book. And particularly with, and that's always been my big problem with Avengers titles and Justice League titles. And I'm not talking the event titles. I'm talking the standard month to month titles. They don't typically have a lot of substance. Okay. They're treated as the big popcorn movies every month, basically. Yeah, they're popcorn books. I like I, I do like I do like the team. Um, I like that we're seeing Far Sector kind of imported more into the main the, the mainline DC universe because, like I said, we're throwing shit at the wall and we're gonna see what sticks. Yeah. So because that was my argument that like every 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 brother and sister that came in my, my DMs about like hey Far uh, the chick from Far Sector is is a black character why aren't you talking about that black character because you hear me on Twitter all the time saying DC needs more black characters and you see. Um, like them going, why not? Why don't you care about the chick from Far Sector? And I'm like, because it's not in the mainline DC books. That's a future story. I don't care about that. I want now. I want Vixen, Black Lightning, yada yada. I want now. And then they're like, hey, will you shut up now? And I'm like, no, because here's the interesting part. Unless he, Jefferson Pierce is in the Outsider story, where the fuck is Jefferson Pierce? Anyway, but no, nah, like, oh, go ahead. You know what I mean? Cut you off. Sorry, there are so many DC characters we could say that about in regards to future state, though, right now, though. Right. So it's like, in general, it, it, I, I'm, excited, I'm excited about the lineup, but then there's the secondary story where it says it's a Justice League dark story with um, a witch hunt across the DC universe begins, magic users are harvested and executed, and the team is on the run. Zatanna and Detective Chip now possessed by Etrigan. Oh, I don't run- like that. <laughs> must round up new and old teammates, including John Constantine, Ragman, Madame Xanadu, and their mission is to battle in the power-mad Crow King, Merlin, b- before um, his plans for the magical domination destroy the fabric of reality. But where is Dr. Fate? And what led the team to disband in the first place? And I'm like, that sounds really fucking cool. <laughs> Time scared. out. Time out. Detective Chimp with rhymes that like Etrigan? Hold on. Hold on. I need to drink that in for a second. (laughs) So basically what I'm guessing happened here is that Ram V remembered everyone's fun reactions to seeing to first seeing Detective Chimp with a sword when when Tynan's Justice League run was first announced and then said, Hold my beer. Again, and again, I want to point out, Ram V writing this as he's like still writing the Justice League Dark stuff, which is awesome because his Justice League Dark run has been excellent. Yes. Um, so, uh, hey, Travis, do Travis. you care about this Justice League book? Because like, I'm here for it, but like they said, it's a popcorn flick. Like, How, how do you feel about this? It, it hurts me that it's a popcorn flick because I am a, a, a really hardcore Day of Vengeance. So... For them to take Ragman, Detective Chimp, and Zatanna and, and kind of do them like this is is really troublesome for me. Now, I would, uh, I... Sorry, can I just jump in? I'm going to clarify. I think Mary and I were more referring to that, I think, specifically with the main Justice League story. I'm going to point out that with Ram V's Justice League Dark in particular, it is very character-driven stuff. Yeah, like, it, it's just, they're trying to, to, to pad these books that we don't have a ton of titles at once. That's why, like, yeah. Batgirls and stuff like that is, like, oversized. The Justice League book is going to be oversized with half of this story and half of the Justice League Dark story. See, I'm I'm kind of excited to see the, the regular Justice League, but it really depends on how it goes. Because, again, like what we just talked about with 
with Yara Floor being with John Kent, them putting her with John Kent again, it's just, uh, I'm not sure how it's going to work. And I really hope that they don't, they don't just shove her under every other hyped up character's shadow. You know what I mean? Especially, especially Joe Million from, from the Green Lantern from, um, oh, why am I forgetting the writer's name? Ah, from Far Sector. But I, I'm excited for this Justice League Dark because these characters tend to have a real ragtag feel to it. But on the same hand, is Detective Chimp Etrigan like some weird magic bat who laughs thing that they're trying to pull? You know what I mean? And if it's successful, are they going to shove him down my throat? Yeah. Um, so we're going to do these last couple of rapid fire real quick because it, we've been here for a hot minute. We're going to do these last couple of rapid fire because these are really exciting. But there's a lot of stuff going on here. We want to talk about all of it, but this is a lot of stuff going on. So to wrap this all up, we're going to go through this real quick. Aquaman, number one. Me and Ian, the, the, the two Aquaman fans here, we have discussed that this is exciting. Um, Brandon Thomas is amazing. I'm excited for this. Jackson being uh, Aquaman and Andy being trained is great. We love this. I'm excited. I want all of this to stay. It's my phone background. I love it. That's awesome. Ian, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. I have the uh, car- the uh, B cover uh, Curry Randolph did uh, as, my, uh, as my home screen on my phone right now. Same. Um, next one, the flash book, burn it with fire. That's all we need to talk about. Just burn it with fire. No one wants this. You're hurting Wally West. The end. Goodbye. That's what I we're going to do. Put the illegal Shaman another title. Yes, please. <laughs> like get him anywhere else. Um, Green Lantern book. Sounds fun. John Stewart, Kilowog in, in space. Cool. Sounds dope. We, we support it. It sounds awesome. Jeffrey Threadlock Rasta, John Stewart sounds awesome. Yes. It sounds <laughs> Um, Immortal That's Wonder Woman, we know it's a story about Wonder Woman a- aged up, w- working alongside, um, uh, freaking, I can't think, Nubia, that sounds dope, um, we know Elle is coming in to do more stuff with Nubia alongside, uh, like, th- this book, that's awesome. Mary, Wonder Woman, uh, like, awesomeness, how do you feel about this book besides sipping for, for, for MILF Wonder Woman? Um, looking at the solicitation, I, I'm excited because um, a few of Diana's friends survive and most of her sisters have passed. I, I, I'll i admit I kind of like those kinds of stories, but um, I'm interested to see where it goes and that gray streak in her hair can stay forever. Agreed. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Martel, you are amazing. Losing the superheroes, it's literally the same shit that Venus has been writing for months and they just let him move into the future with the substitute heroes. How dare you do that to my favorite Legionnaire? I'm sorry. Uh, I love the Legion of Superheroes, but it's, it's just Bendis writing more shit. It's the one book that no one bothered with. And you, and like, like, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I haven't. I just am annoyed by Infectious Last potentially being in a bio suit like that, which is just. That'd be kind of dope, yeah. That's fair. I mean, uh, I, I don't think I've had interest in Legion of Superheroes since the Star Conqueror, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, Shazam, like we talked about, takes place between, like, after the Teen Titans book. It looks fun. Randomly, someone pulled Tanya Spears out of the null void that Christopher Priest put her in. So, yay. But, also, like, uh, they, they need to recolor the pages they previewed for that because Vixen looks like almost like Yeah, fix yeah. that Bullshit. shit. 
Um, and that looked like a great premise, Tim Sheridan. You, we've all talked about behind the scenes. You like sound great with this. No one seems Billy in a year. That's awesome. Suicide Squad was the debatable one. We can't really talk about that. We might talk about kill it, later. it with fire. Right. Kill it with it's, fire. It's excellent. It's, no, it's no, Avengers, no. But Bruce Lawton needs to go. <laughs> we'll talk about this a different day. But um, I, I I ship this. Amanda trying to make Connor can't run the fucking Suicide Squad sounds awesome. I love it. And Tom Taylor, this is the lineup you should have written. But anyway, um, um, Swamp Thing number one, yay! Poison Ivy like part of the green finally. Everything's kind of trying to survive. Ian, you're excited, right? I've actually been corrected since my initial assumption that that actually was her on the B cover. I think it's supposed to be a different character. Oh really? Like yeah. yeah, I know it does, but um, several different people uh, commented it was uh, supposed to be another character. I actually, haven't my that's annoying. But, yeah. yeah, boo! That would have been a great for Poison Ivy to finally be part of the I'm fucking green. Only Farak, thats the character's name. Farak. She was apparently something a creature that Ivy created. Oh, okay, that that works. I'm yeah. okay with that. Um, so yeah, Ram V writing more Swamp Thing, like, like writing more supernatural shit. I love it. Cool. Teen Titans, I'm not getting into it tonight because I'm still not okay still with it. Still not okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not going to talk about that. We are talking about Wonder Woman. So that's the end of the line. The, uh, folks, we're scared. We're concerned. This can be something that could be awesome for the future of DC Comics, but we like we need to see what happens with March before we start jumping to conclusions. Um, so, ooh. Oh, I was looking at the uh, solicitation for uh, Wonder Woman number one. And uh, she's going to Hades, so that'll be fun. Nice. Joel um, Jones drawing Hades. Nice. Yeah, Joel Jones drawing Hades. Exactly. Jolie Jones drawing Hades. So, you know, um, so we, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. We've been talking for a long-ass fucking time, so we're going to get the hell out of here. Don't forget that you can follow this podcast on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. You can uh, follow the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. You can check out the website on dash comics dash ground dot com for all of our reviews, previews, solicitations, all that great shit. I'm echoing, but it is okay. Um and then we will catch you folks next week for our ultimate uh, like uh, retrospective that we were supposed to do this week. But it's okay. okay. We will be back. DC, damn you for making us cover all this. Um, I thought I heard someone pop out. I uh, came back clear. in. Okay, you came back in. Um, Mary, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? I'm, ca- I'm cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, I think in our concerns, we can't forget the um, publication side of this. Fair enough. Um, Ian, what is your closing statement to this episode of Panel to Panel? Basically what Mary said, and also put Ivy in the friggin' Harley Quinn book or we or I riot. Mm-hmm. Not, not literally. Um, Travis, what is your, tra- Travis, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? I am not a fan at all of fucking Bruce Lawton, Tommy Blake <laughs> looking ass I hate this. I love it. <laughs> we, we will talk, we will talk a, a, on a different occasion about Suicide Squad because I have my opinions on that and I will be reviewing that because that sounds fun as fuck because I am the dedicated Suicide Squad fan. Um, and my closing statement is I've waited so long for Jackson Hyde to become Aquaman and I'm excited. And the fact that Brandon Thomas is writing it had me pumped as fuck. Jordan Clark got to write the introduction to this for Kelly Sudokonik's run and I'm excited about that. He's sending me autographed copies and I'm excited. But in general, folks, we will catch you next time right here at Panel to Panel. Peace out.